Oh man, this is gonna be fun. I like all the episodes we do. Well, most of the episodes we do. But I always look forward to this one. This one is always a favorite. This one is my favorite. We'll wait for the show to start. Mm-hmm. You brought thing. the right uniform for today. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Some cowboy shit. Uh, <laughs> is that foreshadowing mm-hmm. for later on tonight? Might be. Today. Tonight, sun's going to start going down in a minute. I know we're going to offend somebody that's not here by not including his picks with ours since he didn't come and watch the matches. Yeah. But that's what happens. I like your shirt, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Very, this is the logo of twenty of post COVID. Very Bret Hardy. <laughs> yeah, your little pink and black. This is pink. That's pink. Oh, <laughs> no doubt. I'm gonna stop wearing it. I'm gonna gift it to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> One day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Smells like booze and chicharrones. <laughs> and asparagus. Ah, ooh. All right. Are we ready? Are we? I think so. I think we're ready? I think yeah. we're ready. Live from the landing strip in Houston, Texas, it is the HWR 2021 Year in Review Special. This is Abel. This is Chris. This is Hector. Hell Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We very much appreciate it. Well, here we are on a Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, because we're doing our review for last year. Uh, I know we're about like almost three weeks into 2022, but we haven't done our review. Your math is awful. Yeah, almost well, more than two. Okay, more two than and two. a half. Yeah. Okay, two yeah. and a half right. weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, like you said a little bit earlier, Chris, this is uh, usually our favorite episode of the year. The one where we review everything that happened from the year previous. We also try to do it a little bit sooner than, you know, two, three weeks in. But, you know, schedule, COVID, whatever. We, we thought all four of us were going to be here, but freaking Arnold uh, bailed last minute. So, And yeah. after the show, you'll find out what it took Hector so long. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. It's a fun time in Mexico. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. If you're uh, watching us live, go ahead and log into your YouTube account uh, or your Google account so that way I could, you know, see your opinions. You could chat along with us. You ask us questions, that kind of stuff. I'll involve you as best as I can in the show. If you're not watching this live, that's okay. We're still on Facebook, uh, which is facebook.com slash Houston Wrestling Radio. Uh, so there we go, guys. Are we ready to kick this pig? Are we going to do it? Ready? Mail of the kick year. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hector, oh. who's your mail of the year? I don't know if it's obvious enough. <laughs> uh, oh, you're not showing oh. a lot of cleavage. I uh, know. But for me, I would have to say Hangman. Hangman? Hangman. Defend yourself to them. Uh, well, I don't know if it counts. Um, it can, If it can be counted. But the build-up for his story was, what, three years in the making? Mm-hmm. So finally, the payoff of this year of... The breaking up of the tag team, how it started the beginning of the year before that, and then it picked up 
with the with him being single and everything is honestly he improved a lot more. Looks a lot more confident. And he's a total package now. Yes. Definitely. Build up to it. So that's why. Do you concur? No, I do not. And the reason being is because we're talking about male of the year, not male of the last quarter. Mm. Uh, when he won the AEW championship, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. It's all about Hangman. That was the, the right call to make. But up until before that match, I was still undecided as to whether or not they were ever going to give Hangman the go. And whether or not they were actually going to end that three-year storyline. If, if they were going to cap it off because of the abusive relationship that I have with wrestling. I've, <laughs> I've been thinking that the guy that they're building, the guy that should be, the guy that I want it to be, they're not going to give it to me. So up until then, I had cautious optimism for Hangman, but I was never all in. Go on. But I was all in <laughs> with Kenny Omega. But again, ah. Kenny Omega, I want to say, you know, we're talking about male superstar of the year, not of the first three quarters of the year. So I kind of have, you know, that little dichotomy there where it's either going to be Kenny it's either going to be Hangman. Neither of them have a complete year in my mind. So who has been around all year that has been important, that has kept the IWC talking and buzzing and, you know, this and that. And I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. What? I'm going to go with Cody wow. Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has been relevant the entire year. Even when he's, like, away and, like, you know, injured or doing his tv show or something like that everybody's had something to say about cody at some point i was not expecting that <laughs> it's not I, wrong i'm just i'm just that's yeah. bold cotton honestly yeah. bold. honestly i wasn't expecting to say that but when i was when i was thinking about this a couple of days ago yes i did actually put a little pre-thought into this next when time I, we see him tattooed right here right here, right here. uh he's definitely the decepticon it's gonna be trust this motherfucker. i heart cody that's what it's gonna be um, but he's been to high profile matches. He's heart H A R T. He's been in high profile matches the entire year. He's been loved and he's been hated the entire year. He's been polarized the entire year. Everybody's always talking about Cody. 2021 is defined by Cody. I would say love him or hate him. His name has been on your fucking lips. The entire year. Wow. Arnold, what's up, man? He's in the live chat. What's up, Arnold? Thank you for joining us. At least leave the beer at the doorstep. You no. had one job. <laughs> Even if all of your picks were wrong, you had one job. That was supposed to be yours, fool. Arnold said that. Um, <laughs> look, 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 look. Arnold. Arnold said in the live chat, well, he did single-handedly end racism. It's true. It's true. He did. So regardless of your year mm -hmm. explanation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with someone that... Uh, I'm poised. Was... Aubrey Edwards right here. Oh, oh yeah. no, you got to lay out. Oh, you got to be like, ah, bend your ass a little bit. Who do you oh. count? One, two, look back at it. Three. Oh, my God. There might Ooh. not be a lot of arch in the front fenders, oh. but she makes it up in that rear bumper. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Mm. 
<laughs> but we're talking about male of the year, not, not female. Hey, Super man. 2022, open your mind. Ah, okay. And the okay. rest will follow me. All right. <laughs> can, I, can I hit Dingy? Say your name. Brian Danielson. He main evented WrestleMania in the beginning of the year. Okay. And then in the end of the year, he's having matches with 16 different mofos Mm -hmm. and making all of them better. Yeah. That's a good pick. (laughs) He had a great 30-minute match with Kenny. He had a great hour match with Hangman. He was, you still, WWE, again, the jaded fan in me, a part of you is like, man, if he holds the WWE title for a week, it's worth it. And if he drops it back to Romans to solidify that Romans the one, yeah. so oh man! But he did against all hope, you know. And dude, he's still in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. He's still blowing heads with what he can what? do. Brian Danielson, <laughs> he's blowing minds. What? <laughs> he Phrasing. Opening, yeah, he's opening a lot of people's eyes. That didn't think that he still had what he has in him right now. He's been killing it. Yeah. So he might have had that 90-day gap, <laughs> which is a season, which is like a, a, a three months. But you can't say that for those nine other months, he was just doing nothing. It was fucking good. So my pick's Brian, Dan- Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan. How do you want to phrase it? Now, hold on. I want to put a little bit of pause on this. Anybody that hasn't watched our year in review specials before, uh, we're going to go through these categories. We're each going to give our opinion, and we're not going to come to a consensus. The only time that we're going to come to a consensus is when we're talking about our match of the year, and we have a fucking point system and everything. So right now, yeah, we're going to go down the line, give our opinions on who we think is so-and-so of the year. But then that's it. I'm not going to argue with Chris. I'm not going to argue with Hector as, you know, who it is. I mean, we can. We can fight about it if you want. That's fun. But we're not going to, like, try to get to, hey, this is the one. So there you go. Any honorable mentions? Roman? Roman's definitely got to be an honorable mention. Uh, Like, he has been on top all year long in the WWE and um, this has been on like this second leg third leg of his career where he's um, actually been appropriately booked not where we want him to be a face but people boo him you know like he's a heel but people boo him as a heel and you know we like that he's he's his work that he's doing so yeah Roman's been on uh, been been a good yeah (laughs) one of us mentioned it earlier he almost had the wrestling gauntlet at some point. Why is anyone not giving more love to Kenny Omega? I wanted to. But wasn't the argument always when it comes to that is oversaturation? Not for me. Because yeah, I mean, I want... oversaturation, were you watching any more Triple A than you did before with Kenny as champ? But Kenny wasn't really featured. Were you, were you I, watching... did, I did watch more Impact because of, because yeah. of Kenny Omega. I did watch okay. more Impact. Did that water you down a little bit to him? No. Did it feel like oversaturation to you? No, I, I kept wanting more. I kept wanting more. And I would say, I would have said instead of Cody, I, it would have been Kenny. If it wasn't for the fact that like the last quarter, he, he had to go away. Understandably, because he's injured and he needed yeah. to take some time off. But like it was no peeps out of him. I kind of wished that he wouldn't have just completely gone away because BTE is such a big thing. And, uh, you know, the independent wrestling community, you know, put their eyes on him, not because 
Like, he had a full-on fucking career between when he left New Japan and when they were starting AEW just by doing fucking shit online and goofing around with the rest of the, yeah. the elite and the rest of the, the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't heard a peep from him since he's gone. So that's the only reason why I don't, don't want to go that way. But no, it wasn't oversaturation for me. Him connect, collecting the Infinity Belts? Fuck yeah. I wanted him to do that. I thought it was cool. And the AAA stuff? Did I watch more AAA? Well, I did watch one of the matches. You know, <laughs> with him in it. I like, did watch his defenses, though. Yeah. Against yeah. Andrade and um, who else was it? Hijo de Tauros, I yes. think. Yeah, because he never defended against Vikingo. That's when he was hurt. Right. He couldn't do it. But he did do the defense against Did he do it against uh, Loretto Kid, too? I think he did, yeah. At one point, mm-hmm. I, I do remember Loretto Kid challenging that. So... I, uh, Arnold did say y'all y'all wrong for not acknowledging the tribal chief. I guess that was his pick. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. but he's yeah, not he, the head of my table. Uh, ooh, my <laughs> out. Uh, but this table's too small for him anyway. Yeah. Also, for honorable mention, he says uh, Sammy for conquering that Brazilian mountain. <laughs> <laughs> How about Lashley? That's an honorable ish mention. Yeah, sure. Half of the year before he got beat and. Everything else went to the shit. I liked him when he was with the Hurt Business. That was a great stable for him. But other than, after that, honestly, it just didn't pick up for me. My attention for him. Got you. What about Jericho? What about Jericho? Honorable mention in Superstar of the Year? No? Maybe? I mean, he's been relevant-ish. If, but if you're talking about relevant, then that would be Darby Allen as yeah. well. Yeah. Darby, MJF. I think this year might be the year that MJF might climb up the ranks and be uh, the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. The way his trajectory is going. It took, it took the last couple months of, two, of 2021 to get up there. They needed a mouthpiece for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, so- they found it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arnold says, Big E for making all of us happy cry. Yeah. Yeah? No? No? You disagree? <laughs> It is only half the year. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going by your standards. Yeah. yeah. Half okay. the year. I mean, you don't have to go by my standards. My standards are my standards. No. Yeah. Low. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, who is your female of the year? I think we might be able. We might come to a consensus yes. on this one, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say DMD. That's it. Couldn't even say her full name, so we could have done it in unison, you oh. selfish fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, man, as, as much as I want to go out and like talk about how better of a performer some of the other girls are, Thunder Rosa, uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, you know, Mommy Cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, there, there's plenty of, of better wrestlers than Britt Baker, but Britt Baker's been the most consistently entertaining. I'm on board when Britt Baker's on my TV. And throughout all of 2021, always, I've always been like very interested in whatever she's got going on. And it's not, I'm not saying she's a bad wrestler by any means. She's just not the best in between the bells now she's had moments where she's like oh shit she can be a 10 if she wants to be in between the bells yeah but she cruises at about an eight and a half 
<laughs> when she's when she phones it in, which sometimes she does, she's not terrible. She's no Bret Hart, but but she's not amazing. <laughs> she can be amazing when she wants to be, but she's not amazing all the time. Well, it's always a two person dance, so the fact mm-hmm. that she can that she doesn't have to have her opponent her opponent slow down. To her speed, rather than Brit can keep up with whatever speed, whatever opponent. She's yeah. had a Karushita. She's had Thunder Rosa. She's had fucking Statlander. She's had uh, Riho. And they're all different styles. Yeah. And she's been able to adapt to all of those styles. All of the matches. And she, again, throughout the whole year, she had the hardcore match. And she was a match of the year candidate at one point this year. So that's saying something for, for her. a good chunk of the year. Yeah. 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 So, I mean. And I mean, Thunder Rosa is an example of somebody that I would say is a better wrestler. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa is really, Deep's really a good. a wrestler. Deep, yeah. Exactly. They're, they're, but Thunder Rosa, she's not my female superstar of the year because relevancy has been an issue with her, right? Yeah. Because and it's not necessarily her fault. It's whoever's booking her. They haven't given her that moment, that hangman moment where she's more than just, oh, the 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 contender, right? Yeah. Where she's the champ. The the woman instead of the man, mm-hmm. you know the woman and the you know person that the spotlight's on, you know. Yeah. That's my pick. <laughs> Britt Baker. Same here. Same here. Do you uh, guys, yeah. Do you guys have any other reasons besides all the shit we just said? The consistency. She's she's it's she's it's one of those examples where you've watched her grow. Like she it, when we say consistency, she's she's consistently learning. Because mm-hmm. what she well, we saw her in that hardcore match in the beginning of the in the first season of the year, and from where she was then to winning the title at Double or Nothing to becoming the champ she is right now, you can see that that's not the same doc that we had in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if they've brought back that waiting room talk show segment that they, they did, but that that was another outlet for her to get her creativity out and her sass out a little bit. And that's when he, she was injured, so that still continued yeah. to the relevance. Here. Yeah, even going yeah. before she was injured, we're going back in 2020, she was, like, really not that good. Like, yeah. her ceiling at that point was an 8.5, and her she would cruise at, like, about a 6. Yeah. But from 2020 to 2021, she's up that. So maybe yeah. in 2022, she'll be even better. Yeah. Uh, Robert, what's up, Medlin? He joined us in a live chat. He says, I want to say Bianca, but she's been booked horribly ever since SummerSlam. So I agree, DMD. Arnold also says Britt Baker in the live chat. So I think we've come to a consensus. So that being said, I want to address what Robert just said. And Bianca, man, Bianca is a great athlete, great performer in the ring. Every, she's an EST fool. Every time that I've seen her, of a dead brand. Yeah. <laughs> every time that I've seen her wrestle, it's like fuck. She's great, but I can't say that I've always been interested in her because yeah, he says ever since SummerSlam she's been booked horribly. Maybe even before that, man. After Mania, it's like okay, start going down. Uh, so I don't. I want to say Bianca, but again, this isn't necessarily her fault. It's whoever's booking her. Like, she's irrelevant. And it's a higher power than that. <laughs> no pun intended. Because <laughs> you've openly admitted that you haven't been watching WWE for months. Plural. Is this like October? If you like someone that much, you'll make the effort at least to look at her, to find her segments on DVR because you 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 have one. And you yeah. haven't even done that. No. So it's it's telling a lot of how... 
how heavy the cinder block is tied underneath her legs that she just keeps sinking regardless of how much she's trying to pull herself her head above water. Yeah. That yeah. you're not, you're still not watching it. I, I haven't tried watching it. I didn't know if she did some shit in that WrestleMania main event with, with, with Sasha. I don't even know if she still does it now because yeah. I haven't seen her perform in months. And she's obviously not in the title picture because they tried pushing um, Tony Storm and then she bounced. They tried pushing uh, Sasha, and then she got hurt, and now it's Charlotte again. Is that part of the problem? That it's just uh, too much. The Arnold, the Arnold defense. Yahweh, no more Charlotte. You know, is it, yeah. Is that part of the problem too? Or yes. Or, or, well, even at that, I mean, that's they moved, part of, they moved it to Raw because of that. So now she's oh shit, doing, so she's on Raw. She's on. She's against Becky, and then where's she at now? Yeah. So. Again, bad booking. She was Arnold says she was supposed to have a barn burner with Bailey before Bailey tore her ACL. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that final match because mm-hmm. Bailey had they had built up Bianca Bailey rivalry for a little bit, and then that final match, that blow off, she was done. So anybody else we want to give an honorable mention to Diana Peraza? Yes. Okay. Yes. Honestly, if you want to talk, we we made the argument before. Kenny Omega, belt collector. She was doing it with the women's division. That's and she's true. She's still she doing it now. Yeah. yeah. So now now that she's with uh, Reina de Reinas and the RH women's. she's And she's eyeing Mickey James. She's eyeing Mickey James for that knockout. Yeah. I don't... Right now, their partnership with Impact, especially now that they're, they're partnering up a little bit more with New Japan, that means stardom goes into the mix. And her winning that title. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. You know, Mayu Iwatani, right? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, if, good. if we're going to go that way, we have to mention Jordan Grace. <laughs> <laughs> you want to mention her for another thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, but yeah, no, no. <laughs> Tag Team of the Year, Jordan Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointment of the Year, fuck it, Jordan Grace, because she's not over here. Well, she's not over here. <laughs> No, but I, I mean... But I saw her in person, and now I get it. <laughs> but seriously, though, I mean, she's... I swear, she bounced a good two feet off when she did tell to an ex. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, baby. Mm. Uh, surprisingly, uh, not Becky? Has Becky's return been the, a flop? It's not that the return's been a... F- oh, man, that's a, hard, that's a loaded question. <laughs> There's no competition for her. No, she start the booking started her off on the wrong foot by having her squash Bianca in 20 seconds. That was unfair to Bianca. Yeah. That was unnecessary for her character. Yeah. I don't know what what possessed somebody that said, "Oh man, Becky left at the highest of highs as a baby face. Let's bring her back as a bitch." Yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah. She hadn't even fleshed out the highest of highs yet. Yeah. So for her to be where she is now, and it obviously didn't work because they were cheering for her b- between her and Charlotte at the Survivor Series uh, slap fight that they had between the brands. Yeah. So obviously they want to cheer Becky, you know, and it just it just didn't. It, literally, she has the same Steve Austin trajectory. They turned Steve heel out of nowhere for no apparent reason, and three or four months in, they're already cheering for him again. Mm, so yeah. it's just it's I don't, I don't know, but it just Becky. And again, that's half year. I wouldn't say uh, if anything, I put as a high honorable mention Raquel Gonzalez. Because she, okay, she was fair. one of the main things that was keeping that NXT black and gold brand up. Mm-hmm. Even after the 2.0 stink started 
sticking to your clothes. Like Raquel was still making you want to watch it. And her matches with the young ones were pretty good too. And she actually made Mandy Rose look really good when she when when she, when she dropped the belt, you know. So Robert Mendes, uh, I I I think he means Raquel, but he said Reina Gonzalez. And there's unless there's somebody yeah. named Reina Gonzalez. That's her. Okay, it was Reina before she. Did oh, okay. Roster, uh, yeah. She deserves a mention, but uh, Piper, aka Dewdrop, could have easily been a star, but Vince. Maybe this year's the year. Maybe she's she's going up against uh, Becky at the Rumble. Yeah. So that'll be fun, ish. Okay. Tag team. Hmm. Both y'all with the same response. What the fuck was that? that it's hard, man. That was harder. I don't want to go with the obvious. Most obvious. Because honestly, I don't think it's obvious. The Lucha Bros. They were. They've been consistent. They've been consistent. But they had a match w- of the year for a while. Okay. Yeah. You know. I would go. Do you change your channel when they're on? No, hell no. Huh? <laughs> that reaction. Hell no. That reaction is pretty much why. Okay. I'll I'll be the opposite. They've only lost once this year, right? Or yeah. they haven't lost at all in twenty twenty one. Yeah. No. No. I guess FTR. FTR. The Spanish titles. Oh, the Mexican yeah. titles. So yeah. they that the one loss. Yeah, Triple yeah. I'll go opposite, and I'll go across the pond. Oh, ah, uh, I know where he's going. Tai Consistent. Chi, Tai Chi, and uh, Zach, Zach Saber Junior. All right, you're yeah. gonna have to yeah. you're gonna have to explain teach that one a little one. bit more. Teach yeah, this teach one. me some. So basically, they've been. T- if you want to talk about consistency, their stories have been built up great together. You have the technical wrestler, and you have the aspiring singer. But at the same time, he's been building up a lot. Throughout the G1s as a single competitor, he's been becoming more methodical. That kickboxing match with Ibushi yes. last year, was it? Oh. The G1, that was oh, amazing. That was his coming out. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And then the fact that they held the championships throughout the whole year. Mm. And I think it was uh, the last quarter of the year prior is when they got him. Mm. And they held it and they lost it until Wrestle Kingdom of this year. Mm. So uh, um, tag team-wise... You know how New Japan likes to depend on Gorillas of Destiny? Yeah. Or you have Established teams, yeah. not hot not WWE style teams. Mm-mm. And they weren't. They whoever they fought, they adapted to each each uh tag team style and they made it better. And they beat them at their own game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why I was like, okay, consistency and the way they, they held everything down, I gotta give them their props on Don't that. Don't they have their Man. own name, like the Trekkers or something? <laughs> the dangerous checkers. The dangerous checkers? Yeah. yeah. Man, that sounds amazing if I would have watched it. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I believe you. And that sounds like all the, that ticks all the definitions that I would like to say. Somebody that's, you know, been dominant and consistent throughout the whole year. But bear shits and woods, no one's there to sniff it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of wanting to lean towards what you said. I go with the Lucha Bros. Because my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, well, I guess the New Day. But... Well, I guess the Usos, but and it's it, that's your ultimate yeah. definition of a tag team. So yeah, you, you lead to those two first. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, you just and, watching and, one and of each, their matches, and each one of those butts <laughs> is the same for both of them. Which is, but they kind of went in and out of being tags throughout the year. They had their their singles runs and their single storylines. You know the bloodline shit with the the Usos and then Xavier going and becoming King of the Ring and you know Kofi is still is a former world champ but now he's okay with you know being 
the the what is he the sire the lord of the the king yeah. or whatever the right hand of the king is yeah. like oh okay i mean that's cool but like that's not tag team focus but then they're still teaming and fighting against and then the they keep Usos. getting hurt yeah so it's like i don't know if i want to say that they're of the year uh an interesting one that arnold put in the live chat besides the lucha bros because he said lucha bros was msk what about msk NXT tag champs for a better part of the year. I will see your MSK. Uh-huh. And through storyline, I will raise you. Huh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. Okay. Matt Riddle made Randy Orton probably the most entertaining he's been. <laughs> maybe since Legend Killer. Yeah. He's getting he's getting Randy Orton out of his comfort zone and making him do things that we've never seen Randy Orton do unless you watch his YouTube or Instagram RKOing his kids in the pool. You know, <laughs> shit like that that humanizes him. Instead when of having wear that wig. Yes. <laughs> and the and the jacket doing the interviews and Orton just like, nope. Get this off me. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Orton finally going along and writing on his on, on Riddle's hands when they when they lost the belts to uh to um Alpha, Alpha, Academy. Um, Alpha Academy is like whenever you need help, tag in Randy, right? <laughs> like yeah, actually you can see them finally playing off each other. And that took and that whole 2021, man, just you can see Orton just like no selling half the shit Rose doing and then him on the scooter. You know, you know what it reminded oh, me of? Oh man. The rock and sock connection. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly okay. what that reminded me okay. of. And it and it and they weren't and, and it's it was great in the fact that they didn't try to copy whatever rock and, and Mick Foley did it was it was riddle and his character doing things in his way and orton just being and eventually breaking him <laughs> into actually having some facial some expression some yeah. hey that guy i relate to that guy god damn i can't stand this idiot riddle either you know <laughs> shit like that and that that slow burn through that whole year until they finally won the titles and and the light bulb went off orton got it that's what makes him work. I'm gonna make it to where that we make it work. Right. So, I, if it's not Lucha Bros, something out of the box, I definitely go with Arcade. So, no, no love for uh, Jungle Express. You mean Jurassic Express? Jungle Express. Jurassic Express. I can't. No, you mean uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, because Marco stunts nowhere to be found, and all of a sudden they have a Christian. He grew up and went to his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no love. No, not right now. No, okay, all right, no. all right, all right. They haven't held any titles until like last week, <laughs> so this, this this year might be their year. Uh, uh, Arnold in the live chat says, "I've never been upset about a Randy Orton loss until last week." There, if you break Arnold like that, you know you're going the right direction. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I I, I think I'm going to stick with your original answer for my answer, as in the Lucha Bros. When they're on TV, I'm putting down my phone. I'm watching the Lucha Bros. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be fun. All right, what's the next category? Feud of the year. Feud of the year. Or rivalry of the year. Rivalry. I'm going to go out on a limb. Right. I'm going to just get it over with. <laughs> oh, My no. favorite feud of the year is Miro versus God. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> Miro versus God. <laughs> well, first off, because it took the whole year build of well, Miro being God's favorite wrestler, you know? and then when he lost say. the belt, it's like, wait, now you went heel on me, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you know what I sleep with? 
<laughs> I must say, technically that feud wasn't a whole year. The build was the whole year. They were a tag team for about half a year. But that split, man, that hurt. Talk about a turn. I had to read my Bible last night. I stopped at like 2 Corinthians. I was like, all in at that point. I was like, fuck. I, is, is I that, almost felt like Job. Is that your, your answer? Is that your serious hey, answer? It's, on, it's okay. my contender. Hey, okay. God, okay. God could have been like, hey, I, I'm on to you until this part because you're facing the Spanish one right now. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he turns around and goes like this. Respetalo, <laughs> güey. Give me a pick. Rivalry of the year. God damn it. Uh, Kenny and Hangman. Uh, like, it's obvious. I, yeah. I, I kind of... Well, the reason why I'm very hesitant to say it is because... You don't want to come off very AEW heavy because that's what you've been watching for the most part this year consistently. That too. But the other thing is... It's just one fucking match. <laughs> you know, like... You can't really have a, a rivalry be a one match, you know? Uh, no, it, it wasn't one match. It, this it was, a tag, year it was. It was a tag match, five on five, Dark Order against against the Elite. Five yeah. on five, um, though. And, Omega, like, and then uh, Hangman against the Elite for, uh, for a little bit. Um, it does, to that point, though, it does explain why the Hangman title run so far feels incomplete. He never really, other than, uh, obviously, he beat Omega. The story's been built up since the first match of AEW history where Hangman lost in the main event to Jericho. The build is there. Mm-hmm. But other than Omega, in this run to the title, who did he beat? 2021, the fucker lost to Brian Cage. <laughs> and knocked him back down in the rankings. He came back in that ladder match and he was the bee's knees. Everyone shat over that he, in a good way. He won the fucking match. But then what? Did we get... Moxley versus Hangman? No. He, no. Hangman didn't defend the poker chip? Did he? Did we get Andrade Alidolo against and, Hang, any Any contenders that Hangman beat up to the point that he beat Kenny? I mean, it's okay that, they, that AEW rode very strongly, mostly on the story no. of Hangman's redemption towards the and title. That's, but okay. where's the credibility in his championship that he hasn't beaten anybody? Okay. In 2021. I don't think that that it's lacking credibility. The thing is, this suffers from my nitpickiness on what the category is. Because the category is feud of the year, not storyline of the year. Mm-hmm. Feud of the year includes matches where it's one guy versus this guy and the matches you know a series of matches make a feud i think there's a lot of story with hangman becoming champ and and having this this story going on with the elite the bucks kenny all of them and then the alcoholism and him hanging out with the dark order there's an awful lot of story that accumulated in this match that is part of a feud, but just stripped down all the other shit. Is it just a feud? No, not really. Like there's there's a feud with him and all of the elite, but it's not just him versus Kenny. So that's why I'm very hesitant to say it. Um, I still think that's what I'm gonna say because I can't really think of another. It sounds, feud. Another it sounds like your your rivalry is Hangman versus Hangman in becoming the champ. The champ. Okay, but do we have a category of storyline of the year? Because if we do, well, I got the same thing. I gotta save it for that. Well, is it the same thing? Is a feud and storyline no, the same thing? I got a feud that 
kind of made it got me entertained. Okay, what is it? Jericho versus MJF. Oh, the stages. That's, that's exactly what Arnold that's, said in the live that's chat. The storytelling, the the stages of. Jericho wanted a piece of MJF. The labors of Jericho. The labors of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Take them all through the through the history of Jericho. Basically, you're a high flyer, movie. You want to think you're you're the pain maker? Um, Nick Gage. Nick Gage. Who was it? Uh, then you had a Wardlow. And who, then who did he get from way back? Oh, Hoover to Guerrero. Yeah, it was. Uh, Hoover, oh yeah, Hoover. The high okay. flyer. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot who was the first stage, though. I don't know if it was um, the chairman. I think it was Sean Spear. And then I the last so. stage, it was MJF, mm-hmm. and he ended up losing. Yeah. So, okay. And then they did the comeback at uh, Stadium Stampede, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. That would be like... And then Blood and Guts, too. Yeah. The, so they, the so they, they had, the a, they had a lot between them, too. Yeah. yeah. That's a good pick. That could be my pick. Um, Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida has that, lasted this whole good. fucking oh, year, man. and it's been get and it's it's if you fast forward, you miss it. But those backstage promos, back and forth, there it was man, that was like as good a feud as the title the, the title for the women's, if not better than the title for the women's right now with those two going back and forth. What about Roman and Brock? I would. One up you on that one. I want to say Roman and one of the Usos when the other one was injured. Oh, Jay? Jay? Yeah. I like their storyline of him not was bending. That, this that started year? Last, I thought that, that was started 2020. 2020. But didn't it, it go le- into the part of this year? Did Just it? in the beginning. But by the by WrestleMania, they were all on the same team. They were all on yeah, because the, the Hell in a Cell match was last October. Yeah. Not, not the, October of 2020, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah, everything melts together, man. Yeah. Wrestling versus COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Responding to people dropping like flies, and they can't test positive. They can't. The the fans versus Cody. Uh, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vince versus no, Triple H. Cody versus yeah. racism. <laughs> he defeated racism. Rising star for the ladies division. Mm, rising star of the year. Damn, this one's hard. Yeah. I mean, I can't really say Statlander because she had a blip and then fell off the face of the earth. Um, I mean, can you say Bianca? I think Bianca was a rising star of 2020, not 2021. Um, I've got two right off the top. Okay, please help me. I still don't understand how we got here. But I woke up one morning and Liv Morgan was like the shit. <laughs> Everyone was cheering this poor girl. And not that I'm hating it. I like Liv Morgan a lot. Yeah. But I just don't understand what it couldn't it wasn't anything booking wise. It was just one day everybody was like like everybody was on the same Reddit page as like we're all gonna cheer Liv Morgan from here on out. I was like, alright. And she's been like <laughs> fucking old. she's ladder match money in the bank, her singles run. Um, she had a, a singles match with somebody in SummerSlam, I think, or after or the pay per view after SummerSlam. But Liv Morgan's been like, her her stock's rising, and the other obvious one, I mean, is Jay Cargill. I was about to say that, yeah. Where Jay? Oh, where Jay? God, was hot at, damn! Yeah, how could I forget? Where yes, Jay, Jay was in the beginning of last year to that that bitch champion now? Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Jade. Why the fuck didn't I think of Jade she Cargill? She teamed with Shaq, fool. I know. <laughs> yeah, and she showed up. And, like She, she carried the weight of Shaq in that tag match. And she dominated in that tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Jade, fuck I can't believe I fucking missed... <laughs> yeah, that's my answer, Jade. Now she's a hoes champion. <laughs> <laughs> they really got to go back to that old school TBS logo because I can't unsee it. Hoes. <laughs> In different uh, area codes. If you watch her documentary on the network, that explains it. Who are you talking about, Arnold? Morgan. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right, Hector, who do you got? Uh, Jay Cargill. Jay Cargill, okay. How about the fellas? Rising star for the fellas? Hmm. I'm in between two. Okay. Spit it out. I got Sammy Guevara. Mm. See, that was my knee jerk. I wanted to say Sammy, but I feel like he's been established before 2021. Like he's risen in before 2021. Yeah, but he was more the he the risen. aspect of of the inner circle. Okay. And this past year is more of the singles comp- comp- uh, competition okay. of him. With the inner circle in the background just in case. Yes. Yeah. But majority of the time, when have they come out? Other than if it was against... Um, What's it called? The MMA team? Oh, oh top team. Top, top America's team. top team? That was it. That was the only time that they got involved. Mm-hmm. But other than that, throughout the whole uh, part of the year, it's singles competition for him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got one, and I'm kind of mad at myself for saying this. Braun Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of mad for saying this. But um, Why are you mad at saying this? Tell because the audience. I, I want to not like him because one, he's a Steiner, and two, he <laughs> is the face of the death of NXT, of NXT 2.0. The like, birth of NXT 2.0. The death of old NXT and yeah. the birth of its replacement, its bastard child replacement. Yeah. The, the Black Robocop. Yeah, the fucking fake diesel that is NXT, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, Somebody had to watch Prime Directives. I know one of y'all watch Prime Directives. You know what I'm about. <laughs> so, um, man, so yeah, but but he's he's actually pretty good, and it's not his fault. Able versus COVID, right for in 2020. <laughs> yes, yes, I won. Um, COVID tested positive for a double dose of Able. <laughs> Um, but he's he's done real good. He he had a How legitimate you know? he had a legitimate debut this year and won a world championship legitimately this year. So like if you want to match, if you want to talk about rising star, yeah. that's a rising star. My knee jerk. I wanted to say the same thing that he said, Sammy. Also in the live chat, Arnold saying Darby or MJF. Right, and I don't want to say that those guys are rising stars for 2021. They might be more rising stars in 2020, not necessarily this year. Has anyone said your other pick for 2021? Because it's yet two. Oh, I doubt they're gonna that y'all are gonna say it. Okay, okay so it? I'm gonna save my pick. Okay, because there is somebody from AEW that I have that has legitimately earned my respect in 2021 and has gone nothing but up. I think I might have an idea of who you're talking about, but Eddie Kingston. Uh-huh. Eddie Kingston, his promos, his uh, his story on the Player Tribune, his promo with Punk. He got a fucking pay per view match for, from with Punk, you know. And then him making 
And Daniel Garcia looked like threats. And Daniel Garcia's <laughs> a rising star, too. Daniel Garcia, I, I think... If you haven't seen any of his stuff on the independents, you're getting like 75% of what DG can really do. Mm-hmm. You put Daniel Garcia up against Brian Danielson on Dynamite, y'all eyes will be open. The new religion will be found. Consider Daniel <laughs> Garcia the American version of Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Okay. That's who he is. Who's your a lot less attitude, a lot more like angry facial expressions. Yes. He, he looks like he's always angry. So who's your second pick? Going back to across the pond, Tai Chi. Yeah. Just because of the buildup when he did when he would okay. compete in singles, especially New Japan Cup and then G one. He's yeah. always been second yes. in anything that he's involved in. He and be, this tag team is making him feel like he's on his yeah. he's holding his own. He doesn't have to ride anybody's coattails. He reminds me of what Sonata used to be when uh he was in tag team with Evil. Yeah. And now Sonata's slowly being pushed and he's slowly getting confidence. He's yeah. doing basically the handman story. But instead of three years, he's been doing it for the past six. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got about one or two more before he actually wins that yes. belt that everyone gets hurt from. Yeah. <laughs> and then now that you made me think about Eddie Kingston, if you want to talk about a rising star, there's somebody that, ha- that I've been fucking entertained every time I see him, Dante Martin. Oh, yeah. Ever since I one. saw ever since, I think he had a match in the Houston show here. He right? did. He, I, that that caught my attention with him, and then I started seeing the, all the buildups with him, and then the feud he has right now with uh, Team Taz. Yeah. I was like, all right, you get the speed, you get the muscle against muscle. All right, you're going to see the typical story, but at the same time, he makes it look so easy. I'm like, all right. It sucks to say his brother's injury is the best thing that happened to him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only way the brother will ever catch up to him is if Team Taz signs him. And they have them feud each other to try to bring the brother up to his level. Because right now, I don't even know what... I can't even remember what his brother looks like. Dante is like the top flight, not a part of the team. And it sucks that this whole thing with like Leo Rush just kind of got swept under the rug. It was like, oh, we're going to steal him from Leo and put him in Team Taz. Cool. That means now Taz and Leo have a feud. Uh, Or Leo and Dante. Yeah. But that was all a ruse. It's a but ruse. They, but they didn't really follow up with it. Exactly. Except uh, last week, Powerhouse and Dante I mean, again, but they didn't do anything after that. Yeah, but there's still no Leo. Came out, so it's yeah. like, where, where's Rush? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you switch, you switch Leo with Lethal? Okay, poor Leo. Leo Rush can't c- catch a fucking break. But poor I Lethal, have, former heavyweight yeah. champion, Ring of Honor. And, and you're doing what in AEW? That's the problem with AEW right now. There's so many main event talent. That seeing any of them doing anything other than main event, it's jarring at first, if not straight up, like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I got one more rising star, I've and I, I'm not sure how well this is actually going to be received, but I'm going to say... Jordan Grace! Danhausen. Ah, <laughs> Danhausen! Danhausen, without being fucking signed to a major company, is just as over as anybody in AEW right now, just because of the fucking shenanigans online. You know, fucking videos and tweets and stupid shit. Like, he got fucking Billy Gunn's kids over by calling them the ass boys. Like, where's the I ha- He hasn't even been in any relevant matches in 2021. Yeah, he's still fucking over. He's the most over guy in AEW that isn't signed to AEW. You mean in A&W? Well, he is signed <laughs> to A&W. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That resume is so retarded. No, the, the one with... Uh... With him recently, 
He did a video with him and CM Punk, and he's charging Punk over the GTS. He's like, all right, you know, you, you already man. did it so many so many times, and Punk has to give it like hundred bucks. Something right. He's like, all right, well, here's for this Wednesday. I know I'm gonna do it next Wednesday, and I'm gonna do it the Wednesday after that. <laughs> and then when he's like, after he gives him all the money, he's like, you know, the FTR boys um, tell me that whenever I get better. I can find myself a tech team partner. Whenever his and, leg isn't cursed anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes like, uh, we could we could tech team together. I don't know. We could call ourselves the, G- the GTS boys or something. <laughs> and CM Punk follows it. And we're like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it's like, you know who I am. I'm that house. And I'm like, all right, I'm over it. And hey, you're this Pepsi guy. man. Yeah. <laughs> so Arnold says, so Dan Housen is a 2021 Zack Ryder. <laughs> oh, don't do that. No. That's not a label no. that I want to associate with him because that would completely turn me off of whatever the fuck a Danhausen is. Yes. I still don't know what a Danhausen is. For for the thing that Jim Cornette loves Danhausen, and he hasn't seen a title match at all. <laughs> uh, he hasn't even seen him wrestle, and he says it. I don't want to see him wrestle because right now I don't want him to taint whatever <laughs> what I think I about have. him because he's great in promos. <laughs> he's storyteller. You, you put... <laughs> Being the elite as a 30-minute television show to replace Rampage on Friday, and you have Danhausen on it, that'll get as oh, much ratings as, 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 as Rampage does now. They need that fourth wall-breaking, all, like, they having the characters to. out of their element and doing other stuff to make them relatable to people like they, casual audience. They absolutely have to have a segment on being the elite. Where Danhausen is at an A and W flipping burgers, like oh my god, that has to happen. No, so you want to know the reason why Danhausen did that with A and W? It's because he did an interview with Jericho a while back, and Jer and they were going through the they. I think Jericho has like this game about pick a number, and then they go into the book of Jericho and goes to the yeah. number, and that's the match he did and everything. Mm-hmm. And Danhausen picked, of course, six 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 or something like that. Of course. And uh, he, Jericho, read the thing, and he's like, "Oh, this was the the day that uh, one promoter paid me with A and W." And he's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, they gave me they gave me my money, and then they didn't have enough to pay up, so they gave me a case of A and W." And some of the some of the people there were were from A and W, and they liked the way I wrestled, so they wanted to sponsor me. So now I have this lifetime supply of A and W, and you can see Jericho turn the camera, and you see the A and W cases there. Oh, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Wow. So that that's kind of like what led into Danhausen A and W, and he's like, oh well, sometimes if you don't have money to pay the rent, you know, just paying with A and W cases, right? And Jericho's like, yeah, you know, why don't they give? I don't have money for you. Like, here's an A and W case. Uh. So, yeah, that's what kind of led into that. Danhausen wants human monies, so that won't work. <laughs> right. God damn. Okay, that was a fun, set, a fun category. What's our next category? Oh, my God, moment of the year. Mm. I wonder what say? you're going to pick. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. You know, it's it's too obvious. It is so obvious that I didn't even really like come to the first thing that came to my mind. But yeah, CM Punk showing up in AEW. Oh my god! Holy shit, Punk is back. I'll go. For me, it'll be behind the scenes. Okay. The fact that WWE's dropped the ball with Alistair Black's contract. Oh, the thirty days instead of the ninety days. Yes. 
save that for disappointment of the oh, year. Oh, we have disappointment of the year coming. Uh, well, I don't know. Are you disappointed about it? Or are you happy gonna, about it? Because that means he can I'm debut happy, sooner. I'm happy about it because, yeah, the restriction is out, you know? I have two odd ones because I feel like there's some obvious ones. Yeah. yeah. So I want to go out the box a little bit. One that legitimately surprised me. Or I was literally yelling at the TV when I saw it happen. Moose cashing in on oh, fucking Josh Alexander when his wife and kid are still in the fucking ring. Yes. And beats him for the goddamn title, Impact World title. <laughs> Holy dog shit. Wow. I, 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 dude, I was wired for like three hours. I didn't sleep till like two in the morning on Monday morning. Because I was like... Did that just fucking happen? That's how you get people's emotions. That's how you do it. Yeah. You think your daddy's a hero? Oh. I'm a villain, fucker. Yeah. Three minutes. Not yeah. even three minutes to do his yeah. chant. And he, oh, fuck. Did that bring you back memories of when Brian won the title and then Triple H turned on him? Yeah. It did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arnold says, uh, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson were more, more oh my God. Maybe? They were more surprising because people knew that the CM Punk thing was coming. The Danielson and Cole on the same day, like, that was like, oh, shit, really? Uh, so I think it was more surprising. But it was expected from Cole. The climate right now in 2021 is that any waste, any talent that WWE deems a waste, AEW will find a way to make it work. So whenever someone's contract is up... They're already like we're expecting Gargano in like a week in Cleveland. To be fair, they haven't done that with the Fiend, and they haven't done that with Strowman yet. To be fair, in Hollywood and Strowman's in ROH. There you go. Was in ROH. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can't say that about every WWE release. The other one I have that was an oh my god moment for me: the return of Shibata. Oh yeah, yeah, Shibata's back. The fact that he had that. Wrestling match with Zack Sabre Jr. and it was fucking amazing. I liked it. Yeah, it was something a that exhibition, a, diff- a different taste for me. Yeah, and I liked it. Yeah, and then what he well, it falls into this year, but what he did this year of returning and then that Wrestle Kingdom was like, dude, Shibata runs on his own fucking clock. He walk, he just walks in the in the ring. No one's expecting him. He grabs a match. He grabs a mic. Fuck it. I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. He drops the mic and he's gone. And he comes back, does a little exhibition. And then he goes to the Wrestle Kingdom. He has a, a five-minute thing set up. And he grabs a mic. Nah, this is a match. <laughs> he drops the mic. And the ref's like, what? And the announcer's like, what? And the crowd's like, because they can't make any reactions. So they're all like... <laughs> and then Shibata beats the shit out of, fucking, out of that young lion. And that young, that young lion held his own in there. Uh, I liked I, it. it he, man, the, I, I'm going to just say it. He looked like a Shibata that you order from Wish. <laughs> other than that, uh, other than that, the kid was good. The kid was very good. I'm going to beat your Wish ass. Uh, man. <laughs> but that, dude, but that, that leaves a lot of doors open. How you, about? Oh, I'm, go, I'm sorry. You go know ahead, go how ahead. Uh, Gresham and this other kid are starting uh, Terminus? Yes. Do you know about Terminus? It's no. like straight up catches, like Roman Greco catches, catch can, no disqualification. The uh, hardcore stuff doesn't count. You get three rope breaks and all that other stuff or whatever. Think about uh, it as a pure, pure rules. Okay. Cranked up to 11. Yes. I, I want Shibata and fucking Gresham. Like yeah, now. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Give me Shibata, Brian. <laughs> Give me Gresham, Brian. Shit. Uh, we said earlier, give me Shibata and Kenta main eventing fucking yes. uh, summer, you know? 
So this might this might go into disappointment of the year, but also still, oh my god, the announcement that ROH is going under hiatus. They're returning. Yeah. When the news first broke, yeah. the news was they gone, bitch. Yeah. But then it took a week for them to be like, well, we're not really good, but we're going to be like, yeah. you haven't yeah. pulled the plug yet, but I'm on the ventilator, you know, like, yeah, but they, like, it was pretty big news. It was very surprising, very shocking. Oh, man. Oh, my God moment. Tugged at my heartstrings a little bit because, again, AEW is my primary source of pro wrestling right now, and I enjoy most of what they put out. So I have investment in a lot of these storylines. At the brink of the Dark Order collapsing, Negative One with the papers comes out and brings yeah. the team back together with his mom and everything, and they're all back to normal. <laughs> and that was before Hangman won the belt. Yeah. yeah. This was still going on. And that was when Hangman lost the, the whole... The yeah. Whole, um, that number one contender, that five on five. Yeah, he lost his one, his opportunity. And, and the he Dark lost Order. the Dark Order's opportunity. And it started crumbling from there. Yeah. And then when, he, when the kid came out, I was like, oh, got me. Kids, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This might be pretty simple. Promo of the year. Anything MJF. I had to be more specific. Fuck. The promo that MJF fucked in? (laughs) Well, he did talk about a lot of people. MJF Punk. (laughs) Yeah. The second second one. Not the first one where Punk just laughed at him and dropped the mic. Yeah, the one where they actually The second one where they actually spoke to each other. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Was there any that were better than that, or at least on the same par? Because I remember thinking, "Wow, this is really good," but I wish it could have been more. Kingston Punk, the promo where Kingston oh, got got yeah. the crowd to turn on Punk. Yeah, for just a, a the for a day second. for yeah. a day, people were booing CM Punk. <laughs> You say it all the time as a wrestling fan. When there's mm-hmm. things that you don't agree with, sometimes you just need that one promo or that thirty second explanation. Mm-hmm. Cowboy shit. After he won the ladder match and mm-hmm. saying cowboy shit is leaving at your prime to see the birth of your kid. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed. And that whole thing from the storyline aspect solidified. This is the next guy. Mm-hmm. This is your winner. If they don't give him the fucking title at full gear. If they tell you fans are gonna burn that fucking building <laughs> to the ground, that promo from Hangman really. Put a put him as a main event star at at, um, at that point. What about the the oh shit! I already forgot his name. The um the guy that's in charge of top team, the old man, Dan Lambert. Yeah, what about Dan Lambert? Uh, his second one where he's just like. Only reason why I'm over here talking about Cody Rhodes is because Tony Khan thinks that they're gonna uh, cheer him because they're booing me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like he just kept going on in that same fucking tirade. That was pretty damn good. Him against Jericho. The only reason, uh, the only reason why, uh, people hear your music is because you something you think you're better or some shit like that. He talks shit about Fozzie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh the coronation ceremony with Woods and uh and and Kofi, where he's he makes Kofi the the second in command. That one was pretty good too. <laughs> Don't you think? It was <laughs> silly. But it was cool. The, the first, the first match with uh, with Roman and Brock, and the Roman signs the, the contract, and Brock just grabs it and signs it. Roman goes, "You some big moron, aren't you? Some big dumb farmer? You just gonna sign the contract without reading it? What the fuck's wrong with you?" <laughs> just Roman in that moment is a split second as himself, and then Brock goes, 
I already I already read this contract early this morning with my advocate Paul Heyman. <laughs> Roman was just like stone poopy face after that. I was laughing my ass off oh, when I saw that. Arnold says the Edge promo before he did the Brood intro. Yeah. I don't remember. What well, before WrestleMania, where before he will, where he willed his his title match into existence, or he thought it to fruition, or I forget what the no, exact was wording was before the brood thing. So that was before uh, that was around SummerSlam. Or so, no, closer. Oh, Friday with Rollins, right? Yeah, with like Rollins. Rollins. I don't remember. Hmm. It must not have been that good then. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Yeah, before SummerSlam." Okay. Uh Disappointment of the year. I know there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't I mean, be shy. ROH. The news that ROH may or may not be going under, but they're ceasing operations in the way that they are now. I mean, I bigger disappointment than the death of the Black and Gold NXT. Mm, I was gonna say that. No, because how long? Is, how long in the last five years? How much have you been watching Ring of Honor? What was your, what is your investment in Ring of Honor as opposed to Black and Gold NXT? It was minimal. So what's the bigger disappointment? Death of Ring of Honor or life support of Ring of Honor or the death of Black and Gold? You know what? You, you, you convinced me. The death of the Black and Gold <laughs> NXT. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It might come out of nowhere to some people. Y'all might not even remember this. Mm-hmm. The way Roman beat Demon Finn at Extreme Rules. Oh. I remember that. Finn had the convulsions with the lights going on and off. And and then he got on the top rope and that top turnbuckle broke and Finn just fell. Yeah. And Roman hit him with that spear. Oh, God. Some of the most awful booking. Ooh. Arnold says Big E's title run. That is the same shit that I said the year before... Was it the year before that or the year be- or the two years before that with the Kofi run? That's how I felt. Oh, the Lesnar swashed that too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was that 2019 or was that 20? Were there humans around? <laughs> if there were yeah, humans there around, was humans it was 2019. Around. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, yeah it was 2019. That, that is the same, the same thing that I felt. Well, uh, at least Big E lasted longer in his title defense than Bianca did. True. Mm. How about that? Uh, the 2021 World Series? Wait, that's not wrestling. Uh, I bought this hat and all I got for it was a loss. The the (laughs) ending of the explosion match. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The death match. The fucking sparkler match. Oh, god damn. That was terrible. Oh, uh, a couple of days ago was uh, Wendy's annual roast day. Yes, yes. (laughs) They put MJF's picture. They put MJF, roast MJF. And then Wendy's replied, this is how explosive your promos are. And they showed a gif of the (laughs) fucking... I'm surprised Hector hasn't said this, so I'm going to steal it from this motherfucker. The curse of the new Japan. New Japan Championship title. Yes. Osprey got that new belt, and in his first defense, yeah. lost Ibushi. it. Ibushi. In first defense, he lost it to Osprey. Osprey held the belt for a couple cups of coffee, then he hurt his neck. And then fucking Shingo. Shingo. That's how I felt. Title run for him. Worthless. Man, I'm so, and you didn't even bother putting Shingo in uh, middle of the year. <sighs> and, he, and he finally got the gold. Yeah, but he didn't get it the way that I... The story was building up. Yeah. Because he was supposed to fight and win the title off of Osprey. And that didn't happen. 
Mm-hmm. He had to do go do like a sim- like a tournament and win it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the story was there because the whole build up of the the, the juniors the, the junior. year before where they were they they and, were and yeah. then the G one the mm-hmm. same thing you know you had two matches already together one of the Shingo beat him in one Osprey beat the other one and Osprey should have been defending the title against him mm-hmm. but that never happened not even in this Wrestle Kingdom because. It was Shingo against Okada, and then mm-hmm. the winner would go and face Os- Osprey on the next night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, another big disappointment of the year: Kenny's injuries. You know, because that that led to a lot of stuff being a little disappointing. I mean, I get it; you're injured, but still, I I I actually was going to watch the AAA match where he was going to defend Vikingo. Yeah, him versus Vikingo. Like, I really wanted to see, you know, the. The fucking belt collector defend that belt. I was gonna watch all the different fucking promotions where he was collecting belts, but then he dropped out, and then I was like, "Well, maybe I'll still watch it." It'll be be Vikingo versus someone else, and they're like, "No, we're gonna do a six way." Like, right. oh, and and all yeah. five of those guys combined didn't have enough of the value as Kenny Omega. Yeah, like Vikingo eh. won that be- match. Any you knew that was coming. Yeah, there's no way they were gonna give it to anybody else in that match, and then Vikingo won it, and it went over like a fart in church. Yeah. I mean. The Mexicans down there loved it, mm-hmm. but us as wrestling fans, I mean, are we watching AAA now that Vikingo's no. tight champ? No, I didn't. Is even it, watch it then? possible that you would have watched it if Vikingo beat Omega in a five star clinic? Yeah, I would have yeah. because I wanted I to watch too. it because I wanted to know what a Vikingo was. Yeah. Oh, like this guy is the guy that's going to defend him against Kenny Omega. Oh, maybe this is some new guy that I need to pay attention. Maybe I need to pay attention to AAA. Tri- With Omega having that many belts. Promotions have to be very selective on who's going to be the one that's blessed yeah. to take that belt from the Thanos of wrestling at that time. <coughs> Rich Swan. So, so when they, so when they, <coughs> I don't know what so came over they, me. So when they say, so when they say, oh, Kenny's going to drop a belt to Hijo de Vikingo. This guy, this kid, has to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it would have I mean, gone over a he's lot. He's no Rich Swan. <laughs> I mean, I never seen the motherfucker dance. Yeah, yeah, but fuck. Yeah. Uh, did this happen in twenty twenty one? Fiend getting released, or was that a twenty twenty release? Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Okay, Fiend getting released. I remember uh, when I saw that. We're like, I'll, what? The I'll give fuck? you another one. What? All um, the releases from WWE? Yes, especially <laughs> one in specific. Okay. The um. Shit, I forgot his name. <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> I'll give you some time. I'll go on the other the other way. The way they handled Mickey's release. That was a year before that. You sure? Yes. Mickey James. Yeah. Yeah, that was twenty twenty. Damn. Yeah, because she by by the time her contract expired, uh, she was already working with the NWA. That's when that. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um. So did you figure it out? Keith Lee. Oh, oh. yeah, Keith Lee. Keith Lee's entire run was disappointing. Not because of him. Not his fault. But the whole thing about, like, he caught COVID and then, like, he didn't die and came back. And we weren't supposed to be like, hell yeah, this is awesome. No, they slap a bear cat on him and then they release him. Like, what's it's, like carry, shit? it's like cross with the simp outfit. This yeah. Guy, this guy, all cats matter. Yeah. <laughs> all simps matter. <laughs> All right, are we done with the disappointments? Is it this obvious that AEW is our brand of the year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't make an argument for anything other than AEW. AEW They're the is... ones that didn't get hurt. 
throughout this whole time. If anything, they've gotten stronger. Yeah. This year, AEW's really ramped up. What's, Dave, the, what's the event of the year? The event of the year? Um, Full gear? All out. All out? All out. It was the return match of, of uh, CM Punk. Don't kick shame cross. After... <laughs> Thank you, Arnold. <laughs> the return of Punk. Um, that was the night. Wasn't that the night that the Lucha Brothers won the titles? Also, that cage match. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then you had. Um, it was Kenny against Christian. Christian. For the but, AEW title. But then the ending of it, Adam the Cole, show of Cole and, and Brian. Brian coming in yeah but that here's here's my bone to pick with that okay if i'm nitpicking aw debuts of hot indie talent or xww talent um matches that that they had it all out there wasn't anything there that was different and they were they were at the Sears center or whatever they call this new arena now that they've been doing all outs ever since all out and ever since all in it's not that's not that's not that's not anything that blew my mind my event of the year is um aw dynamite grand slam grand slam okay. arthur ash tennis stadium twenty thousand people you open up with a 30 minute omega brian danielson match okay yeah <laughs> what else happened there oh, yeah what has happened oh man Please refresh me because we're trying we're trying to come up with the event not necessarily the match you know the, yeah one match doesn't make uh, that that event brought them back into a million uh, million plus views uh, uh, rating. Okay, they hadn't had that. They hadn't had that since before and that uh, was, debut. And that was the venue where they beat WWE on ticket sales. Oh, was it? No, that there's a no? the new hockey stadium in uh, in New York in Long Island. That was in December. They they, they were there on Wednesday. They sold uh, eleven thousand tickets, and then WWE was there three day, three or four days earlier, and they only sold like five thousand tickets. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. The, WWE's never done Arthur Ashe. No, but that was the competition when uh, um, they were in the same market. Oh yeah, that's right. But yeah. AEW beat them on ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Arnold says full gear, uh, but I mean, I, I want to believe you on what you from just... the card top to bottom. Full gear was fucking good. Okay. What, yeah. what all was on Full Gear? I mean, I know it was Hangman versus Kenny, but what else? Lucha Bros FTR? Was it? Okay. Uh, CM Punk Kingston? Hector's furiously, uh, Google, Kingston? furiously Googling over here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Arnold says it's Full Gear. Chris is just being the bad guy. Or Brian, just being Dan- that guy. Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson against... Uh, Brian Danielson against Miro, I think. Was it for the finals? Wasn't it Miro versus Sammy? No, it was. Uh, wasn't it Miro versus Orange Cassidy? No, that was the match before. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus COVID. Christ! Yeah, it's an AEW one for sure. I mean, <laughs> I would. You know what? Uh, fucking, if I'm gonna throw a dark horse in there, take over thirty six, or okay. was it take over thirty five? Six. Um, well, six was the, the the new one, not and then it ended with fucking uh, three stages of hell with Adam Cole and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and we had Dragonoff and Walter, and we had oh, yeah, uh, that was still black and gold. It was yeah, still, that was black, still and black and gold. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, we forgot what? on on all out. It was the the 
the uh, Ruby Soho debuted. Oh, yeah. Got me in. Everybody showed up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did y'all see the part where I debuted in the crowd? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, fuck everybody else. <laughs> sure, we'll go with full gear. Uh, Arnold also says WrestleMania night one. That's fair. With the rain, de- rain, de- rain delay. WrestleMania night one. Where the Samoa Joe meme was born. Mm. <laughs> the Samoa Joe in a raincoat meme. <laughs> Bad Bunny's amazing performance. Mm-hmm. That's an OMG moment for Arnold. <laughs> Bad Bunny did do pretty damn good. He did. Ooh, that, can this one go back and fall into the disappointment? Sure. The the death of the Miz. Death of the Miz. I didn't know the Miz died. What happened in the Miz? Oh, that yeah. zombie when match. All the zombie the zombie oh, 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 yeah. Wow. And all of a sudden, poof, he appeared on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. 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 God, that was awesome. That was zombie Miz on Dancing with the Stars. You turn zombie, you learn how to dance. Uh, hands down, the best celebrity wrestling performance. He's still talking about Bad Muddy. Yeah. I, I agree with him. I haven't been as thoroughly entertained with the celebrity performance as I was with Bad Bunny. I don't know. Name me a better celebrity performance. Um, Arrow guy. Arrow guy? Stephen Amell. There you go. Oh, Arrow. Against ah. Christopher Daniels. Yes. Not in WWE, ah. but Christopher Daniels in All Out. On All okay. Out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We've come to the part of the show where we do Match of the Year. Goddamn. How did we do the categories this year, Abel? So, we did a little bit different this year. We did a little bit different. Where we, instead of throughout the year just saying, this is a match of the year, let's throw it on the list, regardless of what promotion it was from, this year we decided we're going to pick a match of the year for each promotion. and group. then Yeah, each, each promotion group. And then go with um, those. So that way we had three, four categories. So, main roster WWE, which is Raw and SmackDown. Oh, we have five. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, NXTs, so regular NXT, UKs, whatever. Uh, AEW, Japan, and the rest. So, the rest. The rest. So, throughout the year, we weren't able to pick something from the rest. So, we actually don't have anything from the rest. Sorry, Impact. Sorry, ROH. Sorry, ROW or whatever. Uh, nothing made the list. Probably because we just weren't paying enough attention or whatever. That's we, the winner. Yeah. Huh? That's the winner. There's too much wrestling going on and yeah, y'all don't have as much time. Yeah. So, we just have four categories. So, main roster, WWE, the NXTs, AEW, and, and Japan. Japan. So, uh, that's our four categories. We have four matches that we are trying to determine out of those four, which is the match of the year. So, so before we break down the four matches, I'm going to run down the list of all the matches that at one point were on this match of the year candidacy. The four that are in our finals, Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. from the New Japan Cup, March 14th. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, main eventing night one at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's title. Volta versus Ilya Dragunov 2. That was in NXT TakeOver uh, 36. 36, yeah. Uh, and then Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page at full gear for the AW Men's World title. Now, those are the four finalists. Now, I feel like we have to throw out a lot of disclaimers. And the disclaimers are this. Not only is it just matches we watched, which... It eliminates a lot of stuff because we're we're not always going to watch everything. But it also has to be a match that at this table, the members that are on that particular episode have to agree. So 
Hector was out for a lot of the year. Arnold was in and out throughout the year. I mean, me and Chris have been pretty consistent, but for half of the year, I wasn't watching WWE. So if you're like, man, that match shouldn't have been on the list. That's not the best match from AEW. That's not the best match from WWE. Hey, I'm sorry. This is fits our criteria in the way that we do it. Do I doubt that you're right? Do I doubt that you're wrong? Fuck no. You're probably right. But this is according to our show, our opinion, and the way that we actually rank the matches when we're here. With our schedule. <laughs> Fucking Arnold. So those are the four matches that were our finalists. Arnold said Hambone versus David Dubron didn't make the list. No, because Hambone is retired. He hasn't fought in 2021, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> matches that were at some point on this list. Your favorite. Jay White versus Kota Ibushi okay. for the World and Intercontinental titles at New Japan. Wrestle Kingdom. Dr. Britt Baker. DMT. Versus Thunder Rosa. Lights Out Match. AW Dynamite. Uh, St. Patrick's Day Slam. And Young Bucks versus a Lucha Bro Steel Cage Match for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Is there... Looking back on the four matches we saw, is there anything that we got wrong? Do any of the three matches that were dethroned belong on the list? Mm, um, or did we get the right ones with the four that we got? No, we, we got we got the right ones. Um, the one that I was really going back and forth on, even at the episode that we decided to dethrone it, was Bucks and Lucha Brothers. Like, man, I really wanted that to be on the list, but then it got dethroned. And looking back on it, I'm okay with it. Um, I think that there is a match that could have been thrown on last minute if we were doing the same thing that we did last year where it's just throw all the matches on there and churn them out and see what what comes out at the end but the way we were doing this particular year it wouldn't have have made it and that is the tag match from new year's eve Rampage, um, the Rampage, girls. The girls, oh, yeah. yeah. Bunny uh, and Penelope Ford against uh, Ty Conti and uh, Anna yeah. and Anna I would say oh. if, if, if we were going to have uh, um, Britt versus Thunder on that, we may as well put those two girls on yeah. that because the they tag did, match was just as good. They, it was just as good. If not, they did crazier shit than they did. But either way, that. Thumbtacks in the Vajayjay. Thumbtacks in the Vajayjay. Goddamn. But. That isn't going to dethrone what we actually ultimately have on there for AEW, which was um, Hangman and um, Hangman Omega. and Omega. So before we make our selections, let's just gush about what we like so much and how these four matches ended up here. Okay, we'll let you start with Osprey <laughs> and Zack Saber Jr. from the New Japan Cup in March. Let's just put it this way: he was entertained with that match. Yeah, yes. I kept hearing him just yes. do sounds that I don't... I'm sure Randy recognizes a lot of those yes. sounds. Yes. <laughs> but they, the fact that we, like you said, when we were watching it, it's two heels going at it. Yeah. And people were loving it. And just like you have, of course, you see Zack Sabre Jr. as technician. Osprey is trying to lean away from the high flying and going into the heavyweight contendership. So, less of the flippy-dippy shit. And he, the heel aspect of it kind of reminded me of how, I dare to say, Randy Orton was back in the day. Oh. Of cocky. Okay. You were starting to see the glimpses that the way Osprey starting, it has become now of being the top shit. Yeah. And just seeing that and then the way, the chemistry between both of them, it's there. It's been there. You, you could put them... 
whatever emergency match, if some shit happens COVID-wise, have them two on the roster. Okay, y'all two fight. They'll give you a fucking entertainment match. I'm like, man, that's why it belonged on the list. So. Disclaimer, he picked, he was the first one to say Jay White and Kota Ibushi are match yeah. of the year. He never saw this match. He trusted us to put this on the list. Yeah. So this is technically Abel's first time watching this match. So it's true. What did you think? Uh, I think you guys made the right choice and it didn't dethrone <laughs> Jay White's match. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You're right. I was making all kinds of nice little sounds. Um, but yeah, uh, ultimately, ultimately, it did beat out the Jay White match. It did. Um, I very much enjoyed the match. I do. I did suffer a little bit from what you just brought up that it's two heels that are trying to out heal each other. But at one point, uh, Osprey kind of broke. And you can tell he was, like, laughing at some of the shit that Zack Sabre Jr. was doing. Um, but it was still very entertaining and very hard-hitting. And I really liked uh, the the technical aspects in between the bells. Yeah. Um, to uh, give a second to the person that didn't make it today, I think this is one of the very few New Japan matches that Arnold would have liked. Because uh, Arnold yes. is not a huge fan of the very slow starts in the New Japan matches. Right. But since these two have so much history, there's no need for a feel-out process. The bell rang and they were already yeah, they were already running at 8,000 RPMs. I mean, Kevin Kelly even said it. Wow, we're getting a fast start to this matchup. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arnold would have loved this match. Yeah. If he had seen it, he would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this when we were watching it. Kelly is Kevin Kelly is reaching um, Joey Styles levels of commentary ascension, where Kevin Kelly by himself can commentate better than any two man or three man or four man or six man or eight man, whatever rampage is on on Fridays. Whoever's at the table, mm-hmm. how many men commentary booth there are? It's time <laughs> for the main event. <laughs> Hey, but the crowd's <laughs> popping at that at that catchphrase. Like you'll hear them uh, say it long. He's selling now. shirts. He's selling shirts without on it. So merch money. If it weren't for that hook shirt, he'd be number one right now. <laughs> and then, somewhere else hook. And there's yeah, and for all the moments that fucking Kevin Kelly can dissect a match and break down all the moves, there were at least two spots during that match where Kevin Kelly just sat back, and you could tell that he was enjoying it as a fan in the moment. And just being like, yeah. wow, there is a good this is fun as shit. Like, you can 15, tell by the silence. Yeah, 15 to 30 seconds of dead air. Where I was like, yo, you got to commentate, bro. But <laughs> like, like, oh shit, I'm work. Yeah. I'm work. <laughs> like, like, he was just watching it's the It's 3 a.m. our time, man. Whoa. Which you say that's a good thing, which I understand. Because you're looking at it, at it from a wrestling fan. But me looking at it as somebody that does commentary every so often, I was like... Ooh, dude, wake yeah, up! I commentate. Like, dude, wake up! Quit, quit, just quit laying out. The match. Yeah, quit laying out. <laughs> but still, like, at the end of the day, we're trying to entertain the fans and not pop ourselves. Here's so yeah, the, it works. Here's a rebuttal to that. He uh-huh. even said it when we were watching it. When you said that exact same line, like he took the time to sit back and just enjoy it. But you also followed it up of that's the liberty where you don't have nobody yelling at your ear. Yeah. Of yeah. doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did the right person win? Yes. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't have a strong enough opinion either way to say that the right person won or lost. 
We'll fill you in on historical significance. Yes. Osprey wound up, this match helped him win the tournament. Right. And in his title match that he earned, mm-hmm. he took the belt from Coda. Yes. So he became champion and solidified United Empire as the new, like, Japan team that you're supposed to not like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And made it work for a while until he had that neck injury, but regardless, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what we got with this match. <sighs> Sasha versus Bianca. Night one. Main eventing, WrestleMania thirty. So, I, I think that when we when when it happened back in March, April, whenever it was, uh, I think we were all impressed with the matchup. Um, I didn't think it was gonna hold up on a second viewing, and to my surprise, on the second viewing, I liked it more than what I did the first time. And I said it while sitting on the couch. I said it to you guys. Holy shit! They had a whole lot of close. Close encounters, like near yeah. misses, where that shit almost didn't work. Someone could have got fucked up. Yeah, yeah, like they almost didn't do something right, and it was almost a botchamania match. But it added something to the match. And a lot of the recoveries just came from Bianca doing what her gimmick in the match was, which is overpowering, right? Uh, like she, she was doing like this delayed vertical suplex, and Sasha's head, instead of being here... Was way the fuck down here. And she she had to keep like trying to lift her back up from like her falling over. And she had to do that like a couple of times. And even when she did, she never had her fully up and erect. And Sasha wasn't upright, straight upright Freezing. She had a little little slouch down. And I was like, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. And she did it. And it worked just out of fucking sheer, sheer muscle. You know, there was like three or four instances of things like that where it was like, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. Oh, fuck, it worked. And it made it look yeah. more brutal because they almost fucked up. There were some very cumbersome spots in that match. Yeah. Nothing more brutal than the fucking whip. We've been watching oh. We've been watching Bianca and NXT as a heel, being damn good at that arrogant heel, being the EST of everything. Mm-hmm. And whenever she can't get her way, she would whip them poor girls into oblivion. And she called up to the main roster, and she hadn't done jack shit. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I was like, man, are they not going to let this girl do it? So the fact that she just, broke that yeah. out to be the deciding factor in the match, mm-hmm. that sound, you could see that you, a lot of people in the fans in the audience had masks. So you couldn't see their facial expression. You could see their eyes like bulge out like that kid at front row when Undertaker lost. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? And then when she hit the KOD, oh. See, and there was part of me that wanted to say that, oh, that's like a piped in, right? But it wasn't because immediately, right when he got, when she got Sasha up for the KOD and her abdomen was exposed, you saw the the welt already starting to form. And then one, two, three, replay, replay, replay. Then they showed Sasha, and it was fully formed. It was bright fucking red. I was like, damn, yeah, it was cool. You called that on that match, especially for that moment. That is going to be the this generation sound of the bedpan of Stone Cold. <laughs> Boink! Yes, here in the whoosh. Damn! I want to see that backstage documentary video of Bianca practicing on a dummy. <laughs> to get the right angle and no, the right kind of like I want to see Sasha back. going through the curtain and just be going like, whoa, oh. fuck. <laughs> yeah, the, um, it was a documentary where... Um, 24 probably. The, uh, Steve Austin's documentary oh. where he's in the back. While they're filming the the big phony stuff. And he's like finding the right spot on his head to get that sound. And he couldn't get it. 
So the, he thought it was like it was a it was a miracle. I just I just swung for the fence and it sounded like a million bucks. <laughs> if a cash register making the million yeah. dollar sound, that's what that sounded like. <laughs> so so the, that whip from Bianca, she like like I said, she had done it a lot in NXT and it never sounded like that. Possibly because think, it was so wide open as opposed to being enclosed in little. Yeah. Well, that could be it. But I honestly think that the reason why is because that was too much of a heel move to do. And they wanted to be have her be super fucking baby face. But they actually let her do it. But she did, a, she did have a lot of stuff in the match with the hair. But it was all defensive, right? It was Sasha kept grabbing the hair. So she would use her hair and yeah. put her like, in and hit her. If she wanted yeah. it that badly, brought, she got it. The story yeah. in of, you want to use it? You yeah. want to try to use it? Oh, this is how you use it. <laughs> Walter versus Dragunov 2. God oh, damn. Man. Oh, my God. That match was brutal. Um, Does it live up to the hype of the first one? No. Because it's okay. a totally different match. Yes, I agree. Is that a negative or a positive? For me, it's a positive. Yeah, I, I think it was, while it was still super brutal, I think it was turned up to an 11, whereas the first one was turned up to 13 on the fucking violence and brutality. Gotcha. Which, I'm okay with that. I don't need to have fucking ghost pepper, scorpion, death drop, habanero salsa every single meal, right? <laughs> like Sometimes lemon pepper gets it done. Give me a little <laughs> bit of lemon pepper and some flaming hot, you know, Cool Ranch Doritos, and that's it. You know, I don't need the extra, extra flaming hot. Just give me the flaming hot with the, the ranch. I'm going to balance it out. And that's what we had here. Where, good shit, huh? Yeah. Oh, God, that's <laughs> badass. And that's what we had here because while we still had the violence turned up to 11, there was still enough story with Dragunov actually winning. Um, because the first one, yeah, he wasn't going to win. It was like Walter uh, was just going to take as much punishment, dish out as much punishment, and just make it be like, wow, look at the punishment. But LOL, you know who's still going to yeah. win. Right, but this one was like, "Fuck!" He actually did it. How did he actually do it? He did it by choking him out in such a way that even though he was the shorter guy, he wrenched back far enough to where the taller man was in the air from a fucking choke out. It was cool, man. It, it was just it, huh? different. It was different than the first one. Different enough that I really, really liked it. Was it obvious that Ilya was winning when this match was going on? Or was this just, oh, we're going to give the Americans what the, what nobody in the UK and the person got? I don't think it was obvious. run it again. It wasn't obvious because I was fully expecting Walter to win it. So was I. That's probably where the excitement of the finish came for me. Because at the moment when I was watching it the first time, I was like, this is a good match. Ain't no way in hell I'm going to buy Dragunov over Walter. And then the last 30, 45 seconds of, of come up. Before he put that sleeper in, Walter was on his knees and he like lifted him up. I was like, oh shit. And the moment I said, oh shit, that's when Walter tapped. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> he won me over. Like that yeah. was belie- very believable. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a while for me to grasp the concept of <laughs> dragging off Walter 1 was Bane beating up Batman and breaking his back. Yeah, yeah. Dragunov, yeah. Walter Two was Batman learning from the from his hubris, yeah. and actually using it to his advantage, and actually finally getting one over on Bane. Yeah, and that's what that felt like. Especially this with <laughs> with Dragunov actually like 
hulking himself up after all those when he got chopped in the back and you saw his face oh, morph man. into this like weird looking demon kind of thing and turned around to Walter Walter sold that thing the way he was supposed to I love what Wade Barrett said he said about Ilya this man is just an animal and yeah, he was. He was just an animal who was just running off of aggression. The more he got beat down, the angrier and more ferocious he got. And Doomsday. that's that's where his strength lied. That's how he won the match. That's his story, not, basically. Not because yeah, they he should was, run with. Not because he was bigger or stronger or smarter in the ring. Uh, yeah, he was faster. But he had not heart. He had more anger and pissed off his festivity levels his were festivity higher. levels. His piss and vinegar levels were rising throughout that match. <laughs> Pistivity. Verb. This bitch angry. That's a noun. Also an adverb. <laughs> not a pronoun. Again, there's certain matches, and I'm not trying to put this on the same level, but... No matter how many times after WrestleMania 25, you're never going to duplicate Taker HBK 1. Okay. Which isn't Taker HBK 1. It's probably Taker HBK 17. But in that timeline, <laughs> right. from WrestleMania 25, an Undertaker streak, a Taker HBK 1. I think it would have been a huge disservice if it was another 45-minute child abusing the way the first Dragunov Walter match was. So to yeah. see a different dynamic of Dragunov using Walter's own momentum against him and using Walter's own he uh ready to rumble. The last the last lesson he trained that taught the wrestlers, you don't aim for their weaknesses, you aim for their strengths because they won't see it coming. The fact that Walter wasn't expecting Dragunov to hit him with the same kind of strength and force that Walter hits other people. He and chopped Wal him to death. He chopped his fucking thigh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On purpose, not yeah. an accident. Like he as whipped a, and as hit a the technical thigh. maneuver. Let me he chop chopped him, him in the thigh. And see what wears him out and he, use that to my advantage. He literally worked his whole neck completely. You started seeing Walter well, like well up on the side, and yeah. then on the back and towards the end. The <laughs> yeah, and and even regardless of how many like hundreds of people were in the CWC at that time, it's still a small place. So as quiet as the crowd were in that split moment, expecting the chop to happen so that they could hear it, when those chops were going off, they sounded just as brutal as they did at, uh, when there was I nobody in the other arena. Yeah. yeah. It was fucking good. And again, the, I think the right guy won. I think Walter's run, 800 and something thousand days as champ. It, 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 it was a good run for him. I think yeah. it was 870 is what Yeah. The, so I I'd buy it. Right. So So that's our NXT's entry. Yeah. So our AEW entry. We've already got a little bit of chatter in the chat. Um <laughs> they're saying uh Robert and Arnold were both saying oh, oh, Omega versus guy that disqualifies him immediately. Yes. <laughs> uh they're saying Omega versus Danielson, which we considered. We considered Omega yeah. versus Danielson. We considered uh Danielson versus Hangman. Uh, one. Right, one. Yeah. Um, both of which were disqualified, and I'm surprised Arnold even brought this up. Uh, both of which were, were disqualified because of the fact that Arnold doesn't like draw limits. Yeah. You know, which is why well, I'm very surprised that he actually said that in the chat. Because that's that's an Arnold rule. He doesn't like ties. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but that, for me, that was one of the things that, that took away from Omega Danielson. But it didn't take away from... 
uh, Hangman Danielson. I thought I thought that match was even even though it was a a, a sixty minute time limit draw. I almost wanted to put that on our match of the year list. Um, so yeah, the only problem I think I said that in, in my defense was if we're try if we're like really cutting the fat and getting to like the cream of the crop. Omega versus, uh, I mean, Danielson versus Hangman is not a dream match at all. I never was the guy going, oh, man, I want Danielson to come back from injury because I want him to fight (sighs) Hangman. No. Now, give me Danielson Omega. You know, even if it was just the 30 minutes, that that at least made it a a notch above uh, Hangman. But at the end of the day, the, the story... Three year build for Hangman's side, you know that he won- He lost the first main event world title match in AEW's history, and he's been fighting ever since to get back on it. And then he tried relying on his elite friends and Kenny Omega, and that fell apart. And then he found new friends with the Dark Order, and they were clearly not at the elite level, but um, they were there for him. But then the mm-hmm. match, the, the the coming out party when he had the fucking ladder match and everyone, he was a joker and came out and then building up to the main event, cowboy shit promo and then you put them in the ring. Right person won. A small part of me thing already knew before that weekend happened that the match was already that the right. Sometimes easy's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that kills a little bit of like anticipation. Watching it at Scott's. I, I, I pay-per-view started and I already knew that Hangman was winning. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's a jaded wrestling fan in me or the wannabe know-it-all in me that I've been doing watching this for so fucking long. You can kind of telegraph what's going to happen. I wish I would have been more excited in the moment for what it was. Okay. Yeah. What about you? <clears throat> the match is over. What are you thinking? I was very excited. I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the in the show where... I my my wrestling PTSD was kicking in where I thought Hangman wouldn't win and they were going to keep it on Omega. N- knowing that there were some scuttlebutt and rumors that Omega was hurt, but maybe not really. You know, he's okay, so he might not be dropping the belt just yet. He'll probably drop all the extra belts that he has, but maybe not the main one, which is the AEW one. I wasn't really 100% sure if they were actually going to pull the trigger on Hangman and let Hangman run with it because I, I've... I've been here before where the guy that I want to win doesn't win, right? Um, And the guy on the other side of the ring, the guy that I don't want to win, always is somebody that I fucking hate and I'm tired of seeing. As in Roman, Cena, JBL, these kind of guys, right? That Vince kept pushing. But in a surprising turn of events, I actually like Kenny Omega. And I've liked Kenny Omega the same way how I've liked Cody Rhodes over the last year and a half to two years. And even, even though uh-huh. Even though sometimes the IWC has turned on Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega, right? I've, I'm still on the, on the Kenny and Cody bandwagon. It's still it. Um, so I was like, Kenny's probably going to win this. I'm going to be okay with it. Sucks for Hangman. It sucks for the long-term storytelling. But, all right. And then, oh, shit. They actually did it. Oh, hell yeah. I was I was happy. Was it easy? Was it the right thing to do? Yeah. But I was happy that they did the right thing because I expect them to not do the right thing because I'm a wrestling fan. 
and I'm a Houstonian, so I, this is you know after World Series, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know. So no, it was actually before World Series. Bell rings. <laughs> What's your first thought watching it the second time around? They made the the right decision, but I get the the I get the timeline of it, or the fact that they had to wait till they had so much build up that the crowd was more invested. Because when he lost his uh, number one contendership, the crowd already knew it. We were we already we already knew that. Okay, they Hamlin's gonna win this one. And then when it didn't happen, they're like, "Oh shit!" And then he leaves. And then we're like, "All right." Paternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's like, "What the fuck happened?" You know? No, I yeah, could, I could tell into some of that I too. could tell you in July and August as a wrestling fan that travels to a lot of these shows. I did not want to spend money to see Kenny Omega versus Christian main event AEW's biggest show of the year. Okay. The story that you've been telling me from January to June was that Hangman and Omega was going to be the blow off and it was going to be it all out. Then he took the paternity leave and you're thinking, what the fuck's happening now? But then storyline time fitting in that it was full gear last year when they split. And that Omega won number one contendership with Paige, and that he wound up winning winning the title later on, and all that. It kind of kind of worked itself out in the end. Yeah. But in that moment, the iron was at its hottest. I'm not sure that in your guys' opinion that that iron was still as hot in October, November as it was June, May, maybe July. But it's like you said, that one promo was the all thing it took. that fixed it. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, and the the ladder match to, yeah. in order for him to qualify for it that brought me right, right back in. He did such a good hangman did such a good job. Because even at that, I still remember the conversations uh, within the group of who do we think is going to be the Joker, and we are already guessing people. We never none of Fiend. us mentioned yeah none of us mentioned hangman, and that when he popped, there's like oh shit, I forgot about him. Yeah, and he basically got right back onto where he left off. And then the promo built it up more. The blow-off. We finally get the blow-off. And then the way the story is going now. Because when it ended, prior to it, prior to the three count, you got the nod from the Bucks. Mm-hmm. They were finally in the corner. Mm-hmm. And they acknowledged him of, all right, it's your time. We're here. They let it happen the night after. Well, the Wednesday after when Omega left. He himself said it. I haven't watched the match, so that means Omega hasn't watched the acknowledgement of the Bucks. Oh, so that that continues the story there Mm -hmm. between the elite. Mm -hmm. So you have something that when Omega comes back, he's got he's got something there. Okay, but overall for that match, it was a great way to blow off three years of having consistent storytelling between them. So I was happy about the ending and the, and the result of it. So, and plus, it ended up beating the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. So mm-hmm. it, it earned the spot. All right. So that's all four of ours. We gave our nice little previews where we've all said glowing things about these four matches. But now it's time to take out the butcher's knife and talk shit and dissect these things and knit all those picks. 
or pick all those nits, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and we got to uh, decide what's actually going to be our match of the year. Now, as we've done in the past, the way we're going to do this is rank this uh, by like basically a point system, right? So each one of us individually have, have our list. Each um, position on the list will give you more points. The one with the most points wins, correct? Or is it the least points? How one are with the most points. You're doing the most points. Okay, so uh, we all have four matches. So shall we start with what is our number four? Who wants yeah. to kick us off? Yes. Fine, I will kick us off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So in my number four position, and let me say I'm kind of mad about my list and I've actually made a couple of revisions even while talking throughout this uh this uh episode but at number four on my list getting is one point getting one point Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay <laughs> number four on my list now out of the four matches that we've seen, I think in between the bells, the wrestling itself, the technicality and, and the actual fighting in the ring, it's my second favorite match. Right? So, all right. That's pretty good. Um, why is why is it not number two or number one then if it's your second favorite match as far as between the bells go? Well, the reason why is because this, this is for a number one contenders tournament. And not necessarily the last of the tournament, not for the title. Yes, the person that won eventually won the tournament and eventually won the title. But this isn't the title match. This isn't the number one contender match. This is a match in the series. And you kind of brought it up yourself too, Hector. It was heel versus heel. So you kind of didn't really know who to cheer for. And uh, Zack Sabre breaking Osprey and Osprey laughing and giggling throughout the match was a cool moment for them in their rivalry but it felt like a cool moment in their rivalry and in their friendship as wrestlers backstage and knowing each other for such a long time so not necessarily something that i needed to see on the telly because it seemed as though maybe they were trying to call an audible like okay since we're both heels you play babyface in this match while i play heel and it just I don't know. It, it didn't work. It's New Japan. Y'all may as well just stay heels and that's it. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I was on that. And again, not a bad match. I think it's the second, my second favorite match as far as the wrestling goes. But I, the stakes weren't there for me. The story wasn't there for me as much. I get it that they had history. But this particular match, it was, oh, it's part of the tournament. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't a feud, it wasn't a grudge match, it wasn't, I'm going to meet you at the Japan Cup and kick your ass. Yeah. No, it was like, okay, well, I happen to fight you and we happen to have a little bit of history. It's like Usos versus New Day because they're in a tag tournament. Yeah, sure, Usos versus New Day is a great fucking rivalry, but it's just a fucking tag tournament and that's why they're meeting each other here. Mm -hmm. So that's where I am with that. That's why that is my number four. Hector? <laughs> what is your number four? It's weird to say, but uh, I agree with Abel. What? <laughs> what? Damn! Did Japan like void your passport or something? You're getting back? <laughs> no, it's just that again. 
we're we're the new Japan guys out of this group. Yeah, basically. you you and Chris, yeah. But when it comes down to it, there's the history there between both of them. It has so much, but for the people that are watching it, it really doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no play for it. And then there wasn't really a, other than a great match, and whoever wins goes on. You know, advances in the tournament mm-hmm. but other than that is it's kind of like a throwaway match kind of an entertaining throwaway match but there's no real what's gonna happen next is there if y'all cross paths what's gonna happen there is there anything there so that's why i pick it as number four damn so sitting so far with two of us voting that is at two points chris what is your number four i can't believe i'm about to say what i'm about to say oh shit i agree with both of you what (laughs) wow i can't believe it there is a very very glaring flaw in in new japan pro wrestling right now okay that between injuries and covid has made the problem much more obvious and much more worse to handle what problem is that it isn't fresh Mm. i love this match there's every candidate on this match brings something completely different to the table as their primary and the primary for this match it's fucking sound wrestling. Yep. It's beautiful wrestling. Mm-hmm. It it's is. also a match that I've seen a dozen times already. Oh, everything <laughs> in New Japan is a dozen times already okay. with me. Okay. All, Jeff Cobb's only been there for like two years, and I feel like he's already wrestled everyone three times already. Between the New Japan Cup and G1, there's and there's so many tournaments now that you can already face the entire roster by the third year and already have nothing new to come up with. Yes. To Osprey's defense, the the establishing of the United Empire, this helps it, but that's like putting a bandage on a shotgun blast. You need more than that. Um, sidebar, if we can make time at the end of the month or the beginning of next month, I want us to do a dark match with night three of Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. Because when I say this thing needs fresh new blood, there's a possibility. There's a possibility for Tetsuya Naito to wrestle Katsuhiko Nakajima for the GHC title. And that's fresh blood, fresh matches. The whole fucking roster is two different brands. So you're going to see a lot of styles mixing that you're not used to. Part of my also disappointment of New Japan because of COVID primarily, and I hope that's the reason and not by New Japan's own hand, is they can be doing a lot more with bringing in their U.S. roster, Filthy Tom Lawler, uh, Moxley a little bit. um, TJP. TJP, Leo Rush, um, Frank Rosser. Um, from primetime players, he's he's a pretty good um, solo hand in in New Japan US. Fuck, um, Car- Clark Connors, no Clark Connors, uh, Carl Fredericks. They, there's some homegrown dojo people in LA that could freshen up 
that New Japan roster in Japan, just like um, the kid that fought uh, Shibata. Yes. There's a lot of young lions that could really freshen up that those weekly and monthly pay-per-view and big event shows. Because the same people and the same teams and the same factions all the time, at some point you're getting burnout. And if I had never seen this match before, this might be my top pick. But when you already know that, oh, Arnold's going to like this because they're not going to go, they're going to go fast. Why are they going to go fast? Because they already know each other. Why do they know each other? I've seen them nine times already. <laughs> so that's the, you, you, what side of the coin are you looking at? You're looking from the negative side or the positive side. And, and like, when we're nitpicking the top of the top, yeah. that has to be said that there wasn't a lot fresh from and, this other yeah. than Osprey slowly trying to creep away from what made him popular as a cruiserweight. And finding his footing on the heavyweight side. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't really be finding your footing on the heavyweight side against someone that you weigh more than. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my number four. And with all due respect, that's my number four. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, we all just said what our number four is. And we all just agreed on what our number four is. And there's two ironic- I just changed it the last minute after hearing y'all talk. Yeah. That was not normally my number four. Really? No. Okay. And there's two ironic things about it. The first ironic thing is that our New Japan entry features two white guys that are Japanese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, our number four entry that we all agree on is the exact opposite of what you said you were afraid of before Hector got here. And I did is like, I'm afraid that our number four is going to be the same and it's going to be, eh. but it wasn't, eh. it was a different match. So we'll get to that in a second, but I think that's really interesting. And oddly enough, the third difference, this is the only match that wasn't a title match. Yes. Yeah. My number three is a title match is Sasha and fucking Bianca. Oh, okay, cool. Expound, sir. To be up front, I think if you're putting if you're putting the, the top three matches on a scale, the other two weigh a little bit more overall. And it isn't anything against, oh, because it's a women's match, it's so low. It's not my bottom match, you know, and I would have wanted it to be higher than it really was. Um significance is a fucking lot in this it has a lot to do with it new japan is bringing sound pure technical wrestling the wwe pick is bringing a lot of historical significance and a lot of drama because just now watching it for the first time audibly at a hundred percent Hearing the announcer and hearing Michael Cole, this is the first two uh, women of color that are main eventing a WrestleMania for the women's championship. My eyes got foggy. I was about to start crying. Yeah. Like, hearing that. And then yeah. watching the girls react to the crowd. The bell rang. The crowd standing up. I was on the floor in Dallas with Okada and Tanahashi. And that bell rang at G1. And everybody stood up like it was like the best thing ever. And seeing that crowd, mm-hmm. the first WWE major crowd since COVID started, their first escape from the Thunderdome, that was a huge fucking deal. And you can feel it reverberate from everyone else watching their, their reaction to the ring before it even started. And then as soon as that match started, they went... They, they prove they belong there. Yeah. The only my only nitpick is, like I said, the other two at matches. I think are. I would go back and watch a couple more times. This one I might watch maybe once more. Um, it just the other two. I think they they weigh more to me. 
And that's the, and again, it's not a slight towards them. They're in the top four of all the matches we've seen all twenty twenty one. So in third, that third place is nothing to scoff at. Yeah, but that's my number three, Sasha and Bianca. <laughs> all right, you got my number three too. Damn! Oh, you need to update the scoreboard. Yep. Oh shit! So at what two points apiece? It's yep. at four points, and the and it's. You hit all the points that I had, but I had an additional one that okay. The story for it didn't didn't catch for me. It's oh, a, I feel like I've seen that story so many times before, and it's just plug in A and plug in B. Follow this script, and you're gonna. This is what is gonna happen. Okay. And I, I honestly, I got tired of it. Oh, so, okay. The the match itself was great, entertaining. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, can you? If I were to just watch the match and just try to watch everything that happened before it, it did not catch my attention. And I can honestly tell you that because I ended up skipping that WrestleMania, watching oh, it. Okay. Like nothing caught my attention. For me to have invest, be invested enough to let me so take some time. This your first time watching that match. No, I watched it before. Oh, okay. Like in in because I I remember watching the episode of of the show, and then y'all picked it. I'm like, all right, let me see why they picked it. Oh, okay. I'm okay. like, all right, it was. So cool. you watch it back in spring. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then watching it now is like, yeah, now I get why why it's on the list. But story wise, like, it also reminded me of why I didn't watch WrestleMania because it didn't. <laughs> it, it felt like not the lowest, but it felt like a lower. <laughs> a lower tier build for a rumble winner heading into a WrestleMania. Okay. I think I mentioned this when we did the podcast previewing this. Um they did a clip on YouTube or on uh Facebook where they had like an NXT Columbine. And they showed like all the rookies doing Combine. Combine. Oh, yeah, not Columbine, sorry. <laughs> Combine. And for the women's division, Bianca was knocking the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Like, but they never, that never coalesced onto a promo on television to tell the casual people or me that's watching the weekly show why Bianca's deserving to be against the boss that I've seen from NXT tear up Iron Man matches and steal shows at takeovers and winning titles and becoming the first ever Hell in a Cell, first ever such and such, first ever such and such. I didn't, I didn't get the, the, the matching of the two of how Bianca was there. Yeah, and it just it yeah, the match itself from bell to bell, with everything in the middle was freaking great. But yeah, there's still there were some misfires there that other that other contenders on our list didn't have. Mm-hmm. Abel, my number three. Mm-hmm. My number three is my favorite match in between the bells for this uh, this go around, and that is. Walter versus Dragunov. Ooh. In between the bells, god damn, this match was something else. It was pretty. It was ugly. It was something that I want to say i never seen before. But no, actually, I have seen it before. Once. <clears throat> you know when that was? Last what? year. Last year when these two <laughs> motherfuckers did it. And just like last year, this was one of the most visceral matches out of the three of us. That's yep. what this yeah. came with. Yeah. This came with the reaction. This came with the feeling in the pit of your stomach like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 
the extra... I'm the sure extra... you were making noises that Randy makes. Why? <laughs> Y'all were together. Yes. <laughs> during this match. The extra technical <laughs> abilities that was thrown in where you could tell Dragunov, aside from getting just pissed off and getting more piss and vinegary, like we talked about before, um, it looked like he had a little bit of a plan. And that plan was, well, I need to out-technical wrestle him. Right, I, I I need to do grabs. I need to do holds. I need to grab his arm when he presents it and take him down to the mat. I need to put him in a fucking chokehold and do everything I can. Even though I'm pissed off and I just want to chop him. I need to do that and all this other stuff. Like you could tell the desperation was going and going and going. But he fucking like I got to stick to my plan even though I'm desperate. It was beautiful. It was art. It was the best wrestling match between the bells of 2021 bar none but the reason why it's number three is because i was sitting on that couch (laughs) and you were sitting next to me and you were sitting on the other side we had to ask is dragonov still champ oh i don't know (laughs) hold on let me google it oh huh he's still champ oh okay where's walter been Oh, he's a school teacher now. He's not going to wrestle anymore. Nah. What? <laughs> no, nah, he, he showed up for a little what? bit. But for the most part in the middle, of, after that match, he, he rested up for a while. Yeah, after man. that match? Yeah. After that match? Crickets. <laughs> what is this NXT UK championship? When was the last time NXT UK championship was relevant at all after this match? Never. Dragunov won that title and done jack shit with that title. I don't even care about... I I don't even feel guilty for not watching NXT UK. I feel a little guilty for not watching NXT 2.0. I feel a little guilty for not watching Raw the last half of the year. I feel a little guilty for not watching SmackDown at the last half of the year. You mentioned NXT UK three hours ago and I'm like, Oh, fuck, I forgot that was a thing. So yeah, that's number three. Historical significance is a negative three on this. We're at an 11 on the match itself. God damn, the match is amazing. But it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. He Nothing. must be part Italian because he talks with his hands it a lot. It means less than the match that you just t- talked about. The, uh, the, the Zack Sabre match. You, and you agreed with me. I was surprised that you agreed with me because you're a New Japan guy. But you're right. It didn't really mean anything because it was a part of a tournament that later just whatever. It was like Usos versus New Day. The reason why you said that they didn't have to uh, do the feeling out process is because they felt each other out many, many times before. This match, it means even less than that because it's for a championship that may as well just be some aluminum foil wrapped around you. Might as well be the 24-7 title. Maybe. At least that gets fucking run time. No, run as in everyone runs after the game. Yeah, I mean, if Bad Bunny was the 24-7 champion. My number two. Number two. (laughs) Let's ruffle some feathers. My number two is Omega versus Hangman. You know why? Because you don't get a ribbon for doing the right thing. The story was awesome. The match itself was good. The right person won. But you just said it. 
What did I say? That was not the best match between the Bells. There was no mm-hmm. real coherent story in that match other than Kenny's a champ, Hangman needs the belt. <laughs> <laughs> was anyone attacking any body part? Was anyone focusing on any limb? Was anyone focused on one... Was there one motivating factor on their offense or defense? Nada. Okay. Bubkiss. Zero. The square root of Jack. Okay. (laughs) It was, for all intents and purposes, a match. (laughs) Oh, shit. I was at an 11 for the anticipation. That doesn't mean I'm giving that match from Bell to Bell an 11. Remember, it's from the beginning of the bell to the end of the bell. That promo of him walking down the street in that horse with the fucking Dark Order running through the bridge, that's awesome. But the bell rang. (laughs) (laughs) Historical significance and story three years build, it deserved to be on this list. But does it deserve to be on the top of the list? Not on mine. Oh. My number two is Hangman versus Omega for the AEW Ooh. Championship. Okay. That match gets three points. You! It's your number two. Walter Dragunov. Oh! All right. All right. Why is it number two? Match-wise, I liked it. Story-wise, the only significant thing that I remember is from the first one, when Dragunov lost... I think the last promo he said was, I'm going away, but I'm coming back to be better, to be able to beat Walter. If I recall, was there any buildup in NXT in regards to their story other than Dragon of Walter 2 on TakeOver? No, you're right. You're right. No, there wasn't. wasn't. It was like, hey, this match was great. Even that, I wouldn't you know because it. I wasn't watching UK. That, no, that was the in, build. In NXT. In NXT. In regular yeah. NXT. The build was Regal showed up with Triple H. Yeah. Hey, this match happened on NXT UK. It was really good. We're going to have it on TakeOver. Yeah. That was the build. You're right. Yeah, what, does, <laughs> what was the significance of that other than we need a match to fill a spot? Let's put them. Wasn't even the main event? Yeah. Mm. That's, that's an indictment. Now, now we're getting savage. That, now we're getting drunk. That's a juicy indictment. Okay, so why is it number two and not three or four? Two-wise, story-wise, I love the match. Mm-hmm. The, the actual storytelling within the ropes, within belt-to-belt. It mm-hmm. was there of, he learned his lesson from the first one. He built up. And he didn't, like you said, did, he did not let his anger overtake what his plan was. Okay. And he achieved it. Beat him at his own game of his strengths of... Which was those fucking chops. He chopped them down to the point where, hey, you did it. All right, let me do it to you so you have, for you to see how you feel. And it ended up working. Entertaining match. After that, story-wise, jack shit. I don't yeah. know who the hell Dragunov was defending He came the back on one episode of NXT US thanking the Americans for watching him win the belt. And then he went back to his home planet. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're right. You're right. That's why. Right. That's my number two. That's your number two. So Senor are we on my, Morales. You were on my number two. Your number two. So my number two, I changed 
oh, couple of times. Shit. My you number two. Decisive dick. My number two <laughs> is the women's championship match for WrestleMania. Yo. Sasha versus Bianca Belair. That's my number two. Um, mm, in between the bells, I liked it a lot. I liked it more than what I thought I was going to like it because I thought it was just going to be your, your your typical WWE style match. And it could have been your typical WWE style match if those three or four different spots didn't go the way they went. And the, the wow. ones that I'm referencing are the ones that look like they almost fucked up or they actually did fuck up, but they didn't, right? The saves, if they were saves, made it for me. So in between the bells, I really, really liked it. Now, I don't think the in between the bells were at a ten. We're probably at a nine. Well, then why the fuck am I putting it over Zack Saber Jr. and Ilya Dragunov? Why am I putting it over those two matches? If I admittedly say that those those in between the bells matches are better than this match, and you why? haven't seen shit in the last three months of WWE television, the reason why is because I think this is way more significant than those other two. It's significant because it's for a title that's relevant. At the main event of WrestleMania, where it was not only two women, but two black women. Main eventing WrestleMania. Holy shit. That's, that's something to actually write home about, you know? Uh, that means something. And then it was like, okay, well, what about after the match? Huh? What about after the match? And I had this as my number one until we talked about Bianca Belair earlier in the episode where it's like Bianca kind of fell off a cliff after SummerSlam it's not her fault it's the booking of WWE's fault they booked her like shit she main evented Wrestlemania and fucking won Wrestlemania her family at ringside her dad damn near jumping and falling on his ass over the railing to to you know just show how much jubilation they had and they were representative of the same type of folks that they wanted to get the reaction of at home they wanted folks that look like her and folks that look like her family to react the way her family did. And they did. And five months later, jack shit. <laughs> the same way how Kofi Mania happened. And five months look. later, well, however many months, the same thing, Big E. But four months later, like, bro, are y'all actually going to run with this shit at, at some point? Are you really going to do this? Or it's just symbolic victory. It's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get the black something. I are you Lashley, <laughs> the exception? He just lasted a little bit longer, but in the a end, little bit longer in the end. And like, he's hey. got and he's at the come up again. Who doesn't want to see Brock and Bobby? Yeah. And even <laughs> and even then, okay, you say that Sasha's still kind of you know up there. Okay, cool, yeah, Sasha's still up there. But then she gets hurt, and Bianca. What's your excuse for Bianca? Bianca should have been the new hotness that put in new life into the division. Instead, we're still fucking around with Charlotte. We're retreading a heel Becky for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. And, like, you, you have people cheering for Liv Morgan, but you're ignoring her and not actually giving her the push that the people actually want when you could have had those same people that are behind Liv Morgan further behind Bianca Belair, but you didn't fucking do it. So, yeah, this, this was my number one. This was my number one until about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> I had to knock it down to two. So what's your number one? Oh, well, my number one is cowboy shit, man. <laughs> God damn it. You do get a blue ribbon for doing the right thing. You did the right thing. The right thing was giving it to fucking hangman. 
And Hangman won it convincingly in a way that I didn't actually see coming. And what I mean is not who won. The way it happened where Nick, or was it Matt? Both. Both. Well, both of them looked up and gave the nod. What? Hold on. I knew for sure that when the Bucks came out, that the Bucks were going to do some sort of shenanigans and cost Hangman the match or accidentally cost Kenny the match. But no, they did no such thing. They just went out and gave the nod. I did not expect that at all. At all. So yeah, in between the bells, I think this is this is better than the, the girls match. Not better than the, the than Dragon Off and not better than the Zack Sabre Jr. match, but it was damn good. You do have a little bit of a point where they didn't technically focus on a body part or something like that, but regardless, I think this is at a 10 as far as the in-ring goes, but the story leading up, the three years build, and I get what you're saying, and I agree with you that, yeah, when you look at just in between the bells, you're not looking at the fucking him riding in on a horse in the Dark Order running through the causeway. We're not looking at the this and that. Cool. I get it. But those are two separate things. Yes, in between the bells, I, I said I'm already out of 10. Outside of the bells, what happened? Outside of the bells, I love the build. I love the, the video before. I love the cowboy shit promo. And I love the the what happened after. What happened after is this pretty much effectively kayfabe-wise <clears throat> set Kenny Omega packing. Yeah. And it set Hangman to actually be a good fucking champ. I thought that he was going to be a champ that's like, oh, well, this is going to be a shitty little rain, whatever. This is going to be, you know, just a bullshit title run. No, he's doing pretty good. The matches that he's had with, with D-Bry or B-Dry, whatever. The dragon. <laughs> yes, American Dragon. Those two matches, fucking phenomenal. I am behind. I am 100% behind. Adam Page, which I wasn't before. You never were. I never was. Yeah. But now I am. Why? Because of this match and, and everything that came after it. So go into the match, the first three quarters of the year, great fucking title reign with Kenny Omega. The last quarter of the year, coming out of it, great fucking title reign with uh, Hangman. That's my number one. Hector, what's your number one? Omega Hangman. <laughs> Damn! Here's the thing, and just to piggyback off of what you said, mm -hmm. you did not like Hangman. Right. That was the exact same way that you felt about Jay White. And yes. it just so happened that 2021 changed your mind on both. That's the same way I felt about Andrade back before him uh, and uh, Drew had that title match. I changed my mind on Andrade just like that from that one match. Yep. So going with this match, you are right. They did not pick apart a body part but hangman in that match adapted to omega because it got to a point in the match where omega was hitting him with the v triggers mm -hmm. and hangman told him is that the fucking best you got <laughs> he ate a lot of that shit yeah omega tried the the one wing angel hangman, hangman did a one winged angel escaped and did the one wing angel on him which has never been done before mm-hmm and then the fact, the story-wise of build before the match, of him losing the opportunity to, to go challenge, his wife become pregnant, that was the time he took off. BTE-wise, which, like you said, they should put some of that content on the show to further the story. BTE-wise, the reason why they lost that match, because Hangman was not ready to take that position of being the focal point. 
And it was shown because he was pushed into that position by the Dark Order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And he told him, I was, I'm not ready. Why'd you do that? When they lost, he left the videotape for the Dark Order saying, when I come back, I'll come back the way you want me to. Which he did. Confident. That's what they wanted him to do. Be confident. When he came back, did what he did. Won, the, won, it for, won that ladder match. Came back, did that promo, that fix. What you thought was wrong. Mm-hmm. Just one promo. Came back during that match, did the storytelling of him adapting, going up to Omega's level and actually beating him. But at the same time, gathering the whole story arc of when the Bucks didn't have his corner, when Mm. the Elite was turning his back on him. He managed to get the acceptance of the Bucks, which are Kenny's partners, beat Omega, set up the story to further after that of the Bucks and Omega having a feud. Him having the the story after that also of Omega wasn't able to beat Brian. Right. Hangman, first try, took him to the limit, didn't win. Second try, he beat him. Yeah. Something that Omega, that he has over Omega of, you couldn't beat that guy, but I did. Yeah. Furthering the story later on. In less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Or less than an hour, yeah. And furthering the story of I did it before you, I did it, um, I did everything that you couldn't, and I'm still the champion here. When hopefully when he comes back, that's what it is. You took everything from me, you broke me down. Now I need to prove myself to you. Of this is why they call me the bot machine. Yeah. So yeah. you have all of that playing towards the future that AEW is constantly setting on right now. Yeah, and the seeds of not dissension even, with the, the books. And that might even, yeah. not even be the primary thing because yeah. it might be fucking um, Paragon against Adam against the, the elite. elite. Who's yeah. Paragon? Oh, that's it. Oh, fourth wall breaking. They're uh, filed a trademark for Paragon. That's going to be the new name of Adam Cole and the Red Dragon. Oh, yeah. okay, They're okay. Call, they want to call him that. Okay, so okay, that's not official yet, but it's it's down the pipe. Yeah. So you see, out of all these matches, this one had the build up, had the match to show it, and has the the momentum and the material to further the storyline mm-hmm. to keep you thinking of hey this is on the back burner they're gonna igno- they're acknowledging it little by little when everything comes into place and you're gonna be hyped up of this was the match a while ago and he was injured imagine when he's fully rested and he's the official pop machine coming mm-hmm. back and testing him out of let, let's see where i left you on yeah so now chris why are me and Hector wrong? It's not that you're wrong. <laughs> you guys, well, you don't have remember, the same pick as number there's, one. There's, yep. there's, alter, there's, there's no such thing as wrong mistakes. There's just alternate realities. Oh, yes. Uh, Multiversal madness over yeah. here. Copyright. Chris okay, Dr. Strange, Chris. <laughs> oh, Dr. Strange love. <laughs> I think TM. <laughs> Arnold will probably be the first one to tell you that you're losing sight on what the match of the year is. Primarily, the match of the year should be based basically on bell to bell. Arnold never. No, he's wrong. Now, Ar- it's I've me. always said that. I that's wrong. Yeah, and Arnold's always been against that. I know, but you yourself said that between the bells, the best match on here was Ilya and fucking and Walter and Walter. Yeah, there aren't that many good sequels. There aren't that many Spider-Man twos or RoboCop twos. You know, HBK right. Taker two tried too hard to copy 
part one. Yep. This does not feel like a carbon copy of their first match at all. This is a progression of the story of, like I mentioned earlier, Batman and Bane. <laughs> and between the bells, it, the reaction from people in the crowd kind of accentuated what was missing in the first match of watching someone react to it other than hearing ourselves moan and groan about it when we're watching it li live or after the fact when we're watching these videos. Yeah. And it was fucking brutal it lived up to it lived up to whatever expectations the first one left but it's not like it paralleled it it went completely different direction and wound up going to the going the same distance that the first one did just like i mentioned earlier with the women's match these two matches they have weight and just by a couple of ounces more for me the either the excitement of Dragunov Ilya or the predetermination of my opinion that I already knew Hangman was winning this. And it, between the bells, it wasn't as fast-paced. It wasn't as bang-bang. It wasn't as, I don't want to say as seamless, but it the, you watch both of those matches, between the bells, one is better than the other for me. And it's, it's, it's Walter Dragunov. So that's your number one? That's my number one. Oh, shit. However, here are the totals. Yeah, you already in, did the math. In fourth place. In fourth place. So this is With all three points, Zack Sabre, Will Ospreay. Third place, seven points, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair. Oh. Second place, nine points, Dragunov, Walter. Oh. <laughs> Our winner, the one, number one, 11, 11 points, Hangman, Adam Page, The Cleaner, Ben Bout Machine, Japanese wrestler fetish, Kenny Omega, <laughs> defending the wrestler from North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, that's our pick. That's our pick. That's our match of the year pick. <laughs> Hangman beating Kenny Omega at uh, full gear. Holy shit. So let me run wow. this down real quick. New Japan style. All right. 20, 2021, the year of cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. 2013, <laughs> CM Punk, Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. 2014, Sami Zayn versus Cesaro. 2015, Phoenix versus Neil Mortis. Oh. 16, Cena versus AJ Styles. 17, Omega versus Okada. Yeah. 18, Gargano Ciampa. Mm -hmm. 19, Osprey Shingo. <laughs> Last yeah. year, Omega Pac. Yeah. Yeah. 30 yeah. minutes. 2021, Omega Page. Now, this, this is, is a the third match for Omega. And this is the second year in a row that Walter Dragunov comes in second place. Yep. Yep. Always the bridesmaid, never the fucking bride. <laughs> God well, don't tell Dragon. He got married. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he'll suffer the fate y'all are suffering now. So, so, yeah. And Walter's getting out of his. Yeah, Walter's retiring. No. No? He's I divorcing. Oh. Ginny? Yeah, well, he had a wife. He divorced her. and now. Oh, he's... now he's with Ginny. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Good for him. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's the end of 2021. Wow. Who are we looking for in 2022? Who are your prospects? Who are your rising stars? Who is the who are who do you think is going to dominate the talk or the action of twenty twenty two? MJF. MJF is 
going to do something here with this feud with Punk. And then after that, he is going to have a rocket strapped to him. He's going to be the heel, not the face, the heel of AEW. Um, Can I spoil 2022 for you? Sure. Mr. Nostra fucking Damas. Write this down. Write it down. Record it on YouTube where it lives forever. Hangman is going to drop the belt to MJF. Oh, hot take. That feud's been there since the beginning of the brand. Yep. Okay. MJF will hold it for about two months. Mm-hmm. And in the next event, we'll be dropping it to Wardlow. Oh! <laughs> that is my 2022. If there are people from AW that you want to keep your eye on after that match with Punk, match of the week candidate, if we're going 2022 already. Yeah, yeah. Punk and Wardlow. Wardlow's going to be that. He's going to have that Batista pop. Yeah. Like when Batista turned on Evolution and went for his own. Mm-hmm. Just wait for it. We, t- we joked about it earlier. Hook. Hook. He's got. Hook's good, he has, man. He has what old school people call it. He does. You can't pinpoint it, but you just know it's there when you see it. And, bro, I, again, that's another one of I don't know how the fuck this dude was monsterly over from his debut. Because he got a fucking reaction in his he debut, did. and I have no idea why, other than him just being there yeah. as, like, the, the silent fourth. But he can go, man. I'm, I want to see that. He's the one cool guy hanging out in the strip club. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That first check, from first month's merch check. Shit. What do you got, Hector? Give us some. What, what are we looking forward to? Who are we looking forward to in 2022? It's weird because I wouldn't even say this. Keep your eye on Daniel Garcia. He's on this list. On okay. my list. Okay. Daniel Garcia. Keep an eye on Daniel Garcia. He's having he's having a showcase for the regular audience on AEW. But he is doing fucking shit. He is becoming the spitting image of Zack Sabre Jr. in the American version and NJBW Strong. Didn't um, in some indie match last year or some indie fed last year, he fought Suzuki? Yes. I need to go back and watch yeah, that. Yeah, it was that, it was that uh, time that he was... Uh, did he recently... Because Suzuki ago? toured over here and he fought Brian. And that week... That week he, he had that match with Daniel Garcia. And Daniel Garcia at that time and AEW had a match. I don't know if it was with Brian or with Punk. Punk. At the same Punk, time. Punk. Because I remember seeing a video of him saying, this is the biggest week of my career. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. I, I got, I've got your, him on my list. Keep your eye on Daniel Garcia. Another thing I'm really, really looking forward to as far as like who, and we've mentioned him already. Danhausen, all this teasing about him maybe coming to AEW or not or whatever. Like, yeah, it's all well and good, and I'm enjoying the tease. Sometimes you just gotta have a little bit of a tease before you really, you know. Uh, but at at some point, at some point, Danhausen's gonna get signed. He's gonna be on TV in a major capacity, and I'm really interested to see what he's actually gonna do. Because much like Orange Cassidy, I had my doubts about. Okay, he's fun to look at, funny for the backstage stuff, and yeah, he's got a good character, but that's never going to work in the ring. But Orange is kind of working in the ring. I see so, Dan Housen uh, with the Dark Order, okay. and him growing. I don't, because I don't know what a Dan Housen is. Some I've seen a couple of these Twitters and Instagram videos, but I've never seen the kid wrestle. I don't know what he is. I still don't know what his character is. I want oh, to know I what need, he is. I, he need, he needs a coming out slash 
uh, fleshing out party so that mm-hmm. everyone that watches wrestling that doesn't know what he is and stops going to A&W to watch main events to find out what the fuck a Danhausen is because I still don't know what the fuck a Danhausen is. ROH, I've watched a couple of his matches, but the he's a little bit more of the rule, reading the rules and getting around them. For the point, okay. like I said earlier on, before we, we recorded, to the point where where um, Jim Cornette is praising this guy. And you know how anal Jim Cornette is. Mm-hmm. For him to say, this guy is smart because... For example, one of his moves is grabbing a bag instead of you. Would, whenever we see a bag in wrestling, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Thumbtacks. He has teeth. <laughs> what teeth? Yes. So in his opponent, he shoves teeth down his throat, mm-hmm. and then gets him either in a headlock or gets ready to the, the, the GTS. Okay. The way around that is he's using a weapon, but at the same time, it's not considered a weapon because people have teeth in their mouth. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but it's, it's your own teeth, not somebody else's teeth. Okay. It's like Bianca Belair. She doesn't get disqualified. Because it's a hair whip. whip it's, you know. <laughs> well, it's not her real hair. It's a fucking weave. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she grew up with that hair. No, and she it, didn't. Okay. <laughs> she didn't. So, yeah. That's a weave. That's unbelievable. Okay. Okay. Well, EJ and Duque from MLW. He was a prospect in NXT. From what I've seen so far of him, he's got a fuck ton of potential. Mm. A lot. Um, is he going to find it or is he going to profit from it in MLW? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But... He's one of the reasons why I've I've been somewhat still watching it, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to main roster shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes for the two point okay. especially yeah. Carmelo, because Carmelo. It's one thing if you're if you're wrestling with the with the school of people that are just going through the going through the PC. But when he had that title unification match against Roderick Strong on New Year's Evil, he opened my eyes. It's like this kid is a he can go with anybody. You can see Carmelo and Adam Cole, and I'm sure they can knock out a four star banger. Dang. Or he can go into the ring with the rookie wet behind the ears and make that guy look like he belongs with a, he belongs on that brand with a paycheck. So what I've seen so far of Carmelo and his sidekick trick, he, he they 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 work well together. There's a the it doesn't have to be a package deal, but Carmelo on his own he that's somebody you want you would want to pay money to see. Mm-hmm. So especially if you want to make something of NXT 2.0, you're gonna have need people that can become those <laughs> pillars. Yeah, Carmelo and Braun are definitely two of them. Uh, two more things that might be interconnected, but not sure. I'm very interested to see what they're gonna do with, um, or what's gonna become of Strowman. Fiend and any of the other more more high profile uh, WWE releases. EC3 um, is establishing some kind of like interpromotional stable, and he's got the Titan with him, mm-hmm. which is Strowman. And uh, what's his face? Um, the guy from Forgotten Sons. Oh, Wesley Blake. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens with these folks, but also, and this is why I say it's two things that might be interconnected is. What happens with ROH? 
you know does does roh actually stay alive and some of these people that were released they find a home there and they fucking build it up and now all of a sudden we have a fourth major promotion you know besides impact AEW WWE, um or are is roh gonna die grisham shane taylor and like some of these other people that are like homeless now um become make a different federation so, or do something interesting or, or get so absorbed into AEW would, would they become the PWG no well the new um, NWA possibly that's, that's what NWA used to be back in the day right? I mean they could fortify NWA they could all go to MLW and make that watchable because uh, right now it's well, not right yeah. now with the whole Azteca thing is kind of bringing me in a little bit because of it's reminiscent of uh, Lucha Underground yeah so I, mean, I haven't I got watched any of it yet because I'm I'm cautiously pessimistic because Robert Rodriguez is not MLW oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you that have seen it yeah. just validated my fear that you're expecting this top-notch production by a fan of wrestling and who knows what to do behind the camera and the lack of fundage and the lack of talent behind the camera to make that wrestling show or whatever the tribute to Lucha Underground would be as presentable or as mm-hmm. reputable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of money to make something look so shitty. Yeah, you know that's that's where that's where Lucha Underground was. Lucha Underground was gritty, and it looked like it was low production, but it was high production. But it was Hollywood production yeah. wise, and yeah. it technically, and I tell people this all the time, it's a sci-fi show that just involves pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it's not a pro wrestling show, but it's still. It, the the problem of there's too much talent out there now that don't have homes. I mean wrestling homes. You know that's yeah. what I mean. There's too much talent that that doesn't have homes. That somebody's going to do something with them, and I kind of hope it's not a the the answer isn't AEW for all of them. Not because I don't want to see them thrive or I don't want to see them you know find success in a company that's making money, but it's because I want that company to continue to make money. And if you just keep gobbling up contracts, you're going to have a roster full of Jay Lethal's, where somebody that should be a main eventer, but they're not. Because I kind of want to see the four pillars of AEW and maybe a fifth pillar of AEW to stay as they are and develop with the help of the other guys, the WWE guys and whatever. Not nothing but ex-WWE guys just bloating up your roster. Which, I mean, it's very possible Tony Khan could do that, not show the proper restraint. Some people say he already has it. I would argue that he has by not going out and snatching EC3, Titan, uh, Barry Wyatt, you know, not snatching them up. But I don't know. So that kind of blends into what my prediction for 2022 is. What's your prediction? Sometimes people move up from the homeless shelter to the halfway house and then from the halfway house to their actual little studio apartment and eventually they get a home. Home home with their own name on it. In the meantime, people that are coming up to make room for people that need to find a home in general, I've got Jacob Fatu signing with AEW. Okay. That, that You want to solidify your mid-card. And then possibly three or four years later, have Jacob Fatu be the suicidal Samoan in the main event scene. Yeah. Jacob could do that for you. Okay. Any other predictions? I got Brian Danielson showing up on NJPW Strong and helping them build up that, that market. Is that a win or a loss because it's on the New Japan strong side and not New Japan over the I over the sea into Japan into the actual Japan? Because I think it's a downgrade that he's on strong. 
it would be an upgrade if he's on the actual big monthly New Japan yeah. shows, but not I, the weekly. I feel that you don't. I don't even watch Trump. I don't, yeah, <laughs> most of us don't. Me either. Uh, I've watched it a couple of times, especially with the uh, Filthy Tom Lawler's the his matches kind of yeah. caught my attention there. But I feel that NJPW is going to start um, building up strong to the point where where they're going to have that title be the one that would kind of go into like how how uh, ROH used to have their title matches yeah. in uh, Wrestle Kingdom. They're going to build up that title enough to the point where, because that'll be NG, uh, New Japan's entry into the U.S. now. Mm. They don't have to depend on... Um, on quarantining their main roster. They have an American roster that's built up, and every now and then we'll send the guy over yeah. there to help y'all build it. Like Suzuki. Like Jay White. Or Jay White. Yeah. He's currently over here. You know? So getting to the point where you have, if, you know, they end up having a better working relationship, having Brian Danielson build them up here. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be his, Danielson's gateway of, we want you, you get the title, defend it in, in Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that'll be another thing we went for it. Um, AEW building up on their AAA connections. You know, making, bringing more talent in that aspect of, you don't have to stay here, but defend your titles here. Mm-hmm. You know, let's bring some attention to yeah. that. <laughs> the same way that they have those connections. The same thing I'm pretty sure they're going to do with Ring of Honor when it comes back since they introduced, they allowed uh, FTR to go in there and build them up. That way, ROH has a way to bring people in of, hey, this is how it ended in the uh, final battle. Here's where we're picking it up. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll be something for the crowd to be like, hey, I forgot about that. We got something. Yeah. I, I got a prediction. Um, these two guys... Are going to be our rising stars of 2022. Shane Taylor, Jonathan Grisham. These two are going to blow up in 2022. Whether it's in ROH or them going to Impact or getting signed with AEW, I don't know. But they're going to land on their feet. Whatever happens or to ROH. Japan. Yeah. But Grisham, Grisham has a whole delicious menu in New Japan, either mm-hmm. side of New Japan, US yeah. or Jim and Jonah. Yeah. Match right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a brand split situation, but if AEW keeps signing mofos, they're going to probably make Rampage a weekly live two-hour show. Yep. Yeah, because I they mean, need it. They already have planted those seeds with having the uh, the TBS title and the women's title, and then you have the TNT title and the men's heavyweight title. So that's, that's yeah. ripe for the pickings yeah. to have, like, Two on one and then two on the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, one's the TNT, so may as well have it on the TNT show. The other's the TBS, may as well have it on the TBS show, and they're only showcased and defended on those shows. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they already have that established there. And with this year, I'm hoping it evolves the introduction of different brands into WWE. We're getting it right now with knockouts. Mm-hmm. Being introduced in the Rumble. Yeah, the Forbidden Door is revolving in WWE's side, apparently. Well, let's slip into that. We're going into right. what's going on in 2022 so far. Slip it in, Mickey James, Knockouts champ, has been announced in the Royal Rumble. I have a Instead of enjoying the moment that Mickey James is going to come out to her theme 
with the Impact title down the WWE ramp in a WWE ring on a WWE premium live event on the cock, we're already going to who else is they going to be in? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank but, you for opening the door, but we want that guy over there. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a rumor because they kind of already like tease that themselves. That oh, it's not just Mickey James, but somebody on the guy side that they're going to try to do that too. Right? Who would you want on the guy side? Who could benefit from this? From the guy side, who could benefit or who could benefit WWE? That's different, right? Because you can bring in Sammy Guevara, and that's great for Sammy Guevara, but WWE is not going to get anything out of that, right? Or will they? That's the point. Well, there are. I feel like they're already getting a lot from having the now reputation that oh shit, they're going to bring actually more people from other promotions in the Royal Rumble. It's not the first time they've done it. They well, not in the Rumble. I mean, they brought no, Jushin they... Liger in for Takeover in the nineties. They had some. They had uh, Mil Mascaras and some uh, Cybernetico from AAA and in there. Psychosis and Psychosis. So mm-hmm. it it has been done. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since it's been done, but I it yeah it doesn't it. Trent I, Sever. I, I went who? Trent Sever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jericho. Jericho is the biggest name, WWE name, that they could just grab and throw out of the, the Here, Rumble real quick. And I know, and I know. In the group if he here, comes out with Judas, yes. I would like interesting. that. Yeah. But. That the, seems uh, like a Vince move to do. The, uh, the, the allure isn't, oh, my God, Mickey James is in the Rumble. The allure is, oh, my God, Impact World Champion is in the is Rumble. In the Rumble. So it won't blow my socks off if Daniel Bryan or CM Punk or Chris Jericho or w Christian Mo- or Christian Cage or W Morrissey or Rich Swan or uh, Matt Cardona Miro Miro that's not gonna that's not gonna float my boat. I need I need something with substance. What if it's Cage, Brian Cage. Ugh. <laughs> what What if it's Sammy? Sammy shows up with a TNT belt. What if it's Moose? Okay. There's already beef on Twitter that Moose is better than Roman Reigns. I mean, we do keep trying to jump into the AEW pool, but you're right. It's probably more likely going to be somebody from the Impact pool because Impact has seemed to be the one that, like, yeah, everybody come to my house and have a good time. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. the ones that the Forbidden Door is almost the the hub of the Forbidden Door is AEW or excuse me, uh, uh, Impact. Yeah. yeah, like AEW is borrowing and, and working with Impact. New Japan is borrowing and working with Impact. Fucking ROH, same thing. Uh, um, AAA, same thing. What? It's like Impact is the fucking hub. What if it's your boy, Jay White? Ooh, could be. Got now that a new face that's new to the company. He, I don't see WWE doing that. He no. hasn't come. He hasn't gone back to Japan, and he hasn't showed up on uh, New Japan Strong since he lost the title. Impact no. keeps promoting him as Bullet Club, but now I don't think they've promoted him as New Japan. Mm-mm. I don't think that they're going to pull that. The reason why I don't think they're going to pull that is because it does nothing for WWE in WWE's eyes. Because this is going to... Unless if they're trying to get him. That's the thing. I don't think it's going to be somebody that, oh, we brought him in for the Rumble and now he's part of the roster. I think it's going to be... Mickey James isn't going to be part of the roster. Exactly. No, I mean like... It's going to be that. Like, here's a taste. Like, you know how you go do an interview and they tell you, well... This is where you were likely work. This is this is here. They show you areas yeah, before yeah, you yeah. even try to hire. Same thing. Of let me I, give you a sample. I understand that. I think you're wrong on that premise. 
uh, I think WWE is trying to do a, a, a cash grab, a splash, a, a ratings boost, right? There, Jay White isn't going to be the ratings boost. If they put Jay White in there, it's going to be more for Jay White than it is for WWE. That's what I'm thinking. It's going to be like Jericho or Cody or fucking Miro or so, somebody that they had before. Like, hey, I remember that guy. You know, that kind of okay, thing. Okay, how about this? Royal Rumble. We have after like two or three at like number nine and after, at number nine, Nakamura and AJ Styles are the only two in the ring, and then the coins start hitting on the floor, <laughs> and you get New Japan World Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada. Fuck yeah, dude. being a champion that Nakamura, AJ Styles, and their Brock Lesnar has also been. Yeah. They're not afraid to acknowledge that belt's existence, yeah. right? Yeah. So why not? And they're not. Why not? They're not. A, they're pick. not afraid to establish the existence between Nakamura and Styles and their past. You know, that's a great and, pick. And AJ I, and Finn. Yeah. So why not? I'm, look at that. Oh <laughs> man, Okada Kazuchika. Sweet. <laughs> you that's like, a great pick. Did you just have a heart attack. You're just like. <laughs> That'd be so good. That would that no, would boost no. WWE's image and hardcore the fans. Person, at all. No, 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 no. The person that comes after him who enters the ring, Randy Orton. Oh, Orton and Okada in the same ring. Well, here's the thing. This is this is what. This, this is, is the, why I like the Rumble so much, even when I'm yes. anti WWE. Well, here, <laughs> here's the smart thing about what WWE is doing right now. Bringing attention, the knockouts is bringing attention because. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, the fan base has gotten stale. Yeah. New blood. Build it up, build it up, build it up. I feel that by the end of this year, WWE will be sold. Oh. Yeah. That's okay. part of, of having their value up in the court of public opinion. Yep. Yeah. That's why there is no more forbidden door, according to the rumors. Okay. What's the best way to raise your value up if you don't have, you're not getting what you want from your from your fans? The same right thing now. every other brand is doing to raise their value. Bring in people to bring in attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now WWE is gonna try to piggyback of impact talent. Why not mm-hmm. fucking do it with everybody else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boost the 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 Japan buys of the fucking paper. Oh, excuse me. A premium Snapchat event, whatever they call it. <laughs> Any heartbreaking uh, releases from the last batch? Road Dog, Regal, Samoa mm. Joe, uh, among others. No, I the last batch of releases held the releases right before the last batch when it wasn't even a release when it was Tony Storm. I I I yeah. thought this is where I changed my mind, and this might be just because the last half of the year I've been so ugh WWE, where I I'm thinking if it's if you're getting released for the WWE, it's actually a good thing. I'm actually happy for you that you're getting released for WWE. Hell, right now, today, we found out what? Mustafa. Mustafa. Mustafa's trying to get out. Yeah, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa. 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 <laughs> Mustafa. I learned that the hard way. Yes. Mustafa. Mustafa. Roman caught COVID. Lesnar caught the WWE title. <laughs> what y'all think about all that? That's some bullshit. I don't care. <laughs> it took it off of Big E and that's... I don't mind that Brock has the title. Right, because at some point Brock is always going to have the title, but uh, taking it off of Big E was a lot different than taking it off of Roman. Because with Roman, it was established, it was a feud. They were going to do a thing. I'm sure they could play hot potato back and forth with the title, but Big E just going in there and just 
getting squashed the same way like Kofi and like just giving the title to to Brock. Like, man, that's some bullshit. Like, this could have been a very easy way for for Biggie to retain his title by having somebody else that's not involved with all that just take a pin that it wouldn't have hurt as much. It was a fucking five way. Yeah, it would have been okay. But no, Brock had to go in there and not pin somebody else. Had to pin the champ. Man, that's some bullshit. I have an optimistic hot take. Go okay. for it. I feel that... I, I don't even know if it's going to be this year. But at some point, Brock is going to pay it off. And the way he's going to pay it off is if he has a title. The way Brock is now that he's willing to give back towards the company. I'm not used to this Brock at all. Yeah, me either. But I'm hoping uh, like this is the fan kind of view of me on this I'm hoping Brock if he has a title he drops it to Woods and Ah. the way he does it is before the bell rings Kofi and Biggie attack him (laughs) bring him down and have him have him have Woodsy win have Xavier win oh my god and then he could take the title to G4 (laughs) have you been watching any of his stuff on G4 have you been nah. watching the new Attack of the Show? I a have. little bit. I have. The, oh Attack my of the God. Show is just as dumb as ever. God damn, I lose brain cells every time I watch it. So they had... <laughs> it's wonderful. They had a, <laughs> a WWE Invades Attack of the Show. Yeah. And they did a fucking, like... Is that the a, dad challenge? The dad challenge. The dad challenge with and Cesaro? Cesaro murdered everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Oh, so you're not a real dad, so I'm sorry. That joke is a faux pas. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, you talked about the, this vampire story. And I kept thinking to myself, man, I always hear about these vampire stories in London and in England, but I don't ever hear st- uh, vampire stories from South Africa. And then it just hit me, why? And I was you know why? And I was like, no. And it's like, because they blessed the rains yeah. down in yeah. Africa. <laughs> Oh, so you just see Xavier in the background, like, yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Was Phoenix's arm injury the worst in the past ten years? Worst wrestling? looking? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It looked <laughs> terrible, but luckily it was just a dislocation. So thank goodness that he is all right. Uh, but God, it looked ugly. Fuck, it looked bad. Y'all talk about that for a few seconds. I need to hit the head. This is going a lot longer than <laughs> Well, it's your fault. You wanted to keep talking about it this year when we were done. This is a review for last year, <laughs> bitch. I'm going to have to hold the ticket on that because I'm, like, I'm going to follow him. Well, we may as well try to end the show then, man. We all got to fucking go take a shit. Nah, <laughs> take a leak. Well, whatever. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Do you have anything else to add about the arm injury that uh, Ray Phoenix had? Man, that shit looked brutal. It did. But it, it's weird because he looked like he was trying to soften his landing, but he, he forgot to put his hand. Yeah, he tried <laughs> he to catch tried to himself. His arm. <laughs> yeah, he tried to catch himself. What you're not supposed to do, you're not supposed to put your arms down. You're supposed to put them out and distribute the impact all across all across your body, which is, you know, I, I had a couple of my, you know, wrestler friends on Facebook say, oh, yeah, he did a fucking rookie mistake, you know, throwing down your arm. Uh, and that's what fucked him up. Luckily, he only came away with just the 
the dislocation, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Which Sebi, uh, one of our wrestlers, uh, he that was exactly what happened to him. Why he had been out? He broke his wrist right here and here. We saw the little triangle piece kind of sticking up from underneath the skin. Ugh. It was he threw a drop kick and he tried to. When he fell down, try to brace his hand, and that's what did it. So the exact same thing. You don't try to brace yourself when you're trying to land in a back bump. Now I just remember the brutal injury. It wasn't really an injury because they exposed what would happen after. But the brutal stuff that I saw before that one Mm -hmm. was the Kenta Tanahashi match. Especially when Kenta was on top of that ladder and fucking Tanahashi would just like... Trying to push him to the side. Yeah. But he had those flimsy ladders that when you push, <laughs> yeah. the freaking thing just stayed up there. So <laughs> every time he pulled back, the freaking ladder just went that way. Oh, shit. It got to the point that it, it looked like the spot was supposed to be Kenta falling and hitting the ropes. Mm-hmm. He did not reach the ropes. Mm. He There was a garbage can there and he hit face first. Oh. <laughs> and he got busted on his face. I was like, damn. Yeah. But yeah, that, that would have to be it. Chris, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Oh, we still got plenty. Are you serious? All right. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you know these end of the years take a long time. Well, we're done talking about 2021. What the hell? Saudi gets the chamber in February. BYOB. <sighs> What's the B? Bring your own... Bone saw. Bone saw? Why bone saw? That's what they use to uh, kill their journalist, Khashoggi. Oh, ugh. Yeah, chamber. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think? Fuck. We're not making up a random pay per view that means nothing in the timeline of WWE, and we're actually sticking to it, an actual WWE pay per view. Behold my baron of fucks, and see that it is bare. <laughs> what if they call it WrestleMania Chamber? Behold my field of fucks, and see that it is bare. <laughs> God damn. Like, no, man. I don't care. Like, Jesus Christ. The fucking Saudi shit has been so stupid that I don't even care anymore, man. Like, I, I haven't been watching WWE and the fact that they're going back to Saudi for an elimination style or elimination chamber style match pay-per-view. That makes me further not want to watch it. But you. I choose to not speak about that. <laughs> Fine. We've been we're a couple of weeks in, and we have a fresh match of the year board. Yes. Are there any match of the weeks or anything that is up for consideration or for nomination? What have you seen in the last few weeks of professional wrestling that you liked a lot? Honestly, New Japan guy. Mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom just happened, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom night the first two, two nights. Well, night, well, actually, all three nights already happened. Night, night one, I liked the Desperado uh, Takahashi match. Story wise, there was some build up there. Same thing. Takahashi dropped the belt, got injured. Desperado picked it up. Desperado has always had a feud with Takahashi, and the fact that Takahashi has been the face of the junior division since. Um, Kushida left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Desperado has never been able to beat him. Even to the point that before this match, in their grudge match, Desperado took off his fa- uh, his mask and fought him with just face paint. Kind of mm-hmm. like how yeah. um, Liger did. Liger, yeah. Um, and he still didn't beat him on that match. 
And on this match, he finally went, beat him straight up. So that was an accomplishment of him of being like, all right, you were the face of it. Now it's my turn to pick up the belt and run with it. So that was, that was my highlight for night one. Night two, I haven't finished it, but so far I got Naito and Cobb on that one. It was entertaining. It was good. Match of the year worthy or just like matches of the nights or, or you know, whatever? Matches of the nights so far because okay. I still need to finish night two. You know, I, I, I kind of feel the same way with you about a particular match. And we just talked about it. It was Lucha Brothers versus the Jurassic Express. Um, if it wasn't for Ray Phoenix almost breaking his arm, because it, it wasn't like like a botch that they recovered. It was a fucking botch. And it looked ugly. It looked really bad. If it wasn't for that, I'd be like, man, that's my match of the week. You know, I, that was a fucking badass match. But, ooh, that injury, oh no, it just completely took me out of it. Completely. But it was a good-ass fucking well, would match. It go, would it go over? Um, if we're talking AEW, my pick for the weeks is fucking Omega, uh, Hangman and, and Danielson, Danielson part two. Was that? When was that? That was, was the first match of the new year on TBS. Yeah. That was on part that two. Was, that was on the 31st, no, right? No. No? The second match was on TBS that was the on first the week. Sixth. Of, on the 6th. Yeah. Oh, January 6th, yes. Yeah. <laughs> fifth fifth no well whatever it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's in the new yeah, year yeah, right it's in the new year yeah. okay so, and there was a winner it only took 40 minutes yeah and, and it was a good. better story uh, yeah oh you beat them good yeah honestly if we're gonna put something in if, we're, AW right if now, we're doing the categories the like one. we did that would be that last year one. yeah that i would definitely put okay you may as well put it on there i mean it's early enough, un- enough in the year that i don't have to say oh man it's got to be the best match ever like so far this year it is the best match from aew so yeah. fuck it put it on the list that's that's are the standard bearer we, are we still doing what we did yeah. this last year that's the yeah. next question i would say yes i kind of liked this format because it's less for us to watch at the end of the year and as long as we actually keep up with it throughout the year we're going to be okay i feel kind of bad that we never had one from the rest because i'm sure there was some shit from impact that was good enough uh, or you know Maybe it's from some other promotions. If we were to, if I were to find it online and get us to watch it before we record the next episode, because it happened this year, I think my match of the night from Hard to Kill was Jonah versus Josh Alexander. Okay, that oh, match was yeah. really good. Better than, by a hair, better than Gresham and Shelley. That's what I was going to say. Better than the X Division women's mat, the Ultimate X. Um, yeah. And I think that this year, the and the rest department is going to be a little bit more important because of what's going on with ROH. You're uh, going to have ROH guys trying to prove themselves for a paycheck in places that aren't ROH. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we really need to keep our ear to the ground when it comes to the independence and see if there's something out there that's a fucking barn burner of a match that just isn't on one of the main, you know, four. We saw Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa, New yeah. Year's Evil. Yes, that was pretty good, too. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Match of the week candidate? For that week, yeah, sure. It's not going to okay. be anything more than that, but yeah. yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Um... You saw the renewed rivalry of the Usos and New Day open day one. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? I liked it. It was one of the better ends of the spectrum of uh, New Day and uh, Usos. 
I wouldn't say, excuse me, I wouldn't say it was the best New Day Usos match, but it, it's like if you have a, a fucking chart of all the Uso New Day matches, all 52 of them, you know, you're going to have some that suck, some that are great, and some that are like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're going to have a fucking bell curve. This is kind of in the middle of that bell curve, somewhere okay. in there. It's not the best one, it's not the worst one, it's not the longest, shortest, most important, whatever, but it was good. Good, good little match. I mentioned it earlier. It deserves a bit of a nomination, at least. Uh, Wardlow and Punk. That was that's a way to build that. That's a way to build Wardlow as a heavy, and that Bret Hart Diesel tribute at the yeah. end <laughs> was Chef's kiss. It was awesome. That was pretty good. Yeah, for the twenty first century, Wardlow had a power bomb like nine times. <laughs> yeah, for Punk to sell all that. And by like the fifth one, Punk was looking like. He was in the ring with Ryback. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's still, like, it, it, it proved its point. Like, Warlow could beat him. And yeah. if it wasn't for NJF, he probably would have beat him. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, that's it. We got one match already. Consideration-wise, yeah. you wouldn't consider the day one fight fightway? I would, I have, I I would have to rewatch it again. But my biggest gripe is the obvious one. Out of all the wrestlers in the ring... I hated that Biggie was the one that took the fall. Yeah. Seth has a title match against Roman at fucking Royal Rumble. Lashley's facing Brock at uh, Royal Rumble. Um, for all the Kevin Owens fans, I'm sorry, but he's right now, he's pretty much inconsequential. He should have been the one to take the pin. For Biggie to take the pin clean kind of kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. So here- there are positives, though, in that match. But the thing is that, uh, well, the way the reason why I say that is because I know a lot of people watch that match and they consider that to be a good match. Mm-hmm, well, a mm-hmm. great match for WWE. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I saw that match and then I saw Monday Night Raw's match that followed that one up for the number one contendership, I feel that the Monday Night Raw one was a lot better than that one. Who was in that match? That the was other four? The other four. Oh. And they had more time to tell somewhat of a story because on the day one match they had the day one story was awful it's every brock lesnar multi-man match he gets buried by everyone else and he's on the side in the sideline for most of the match and then towards the end he wakes up like nothing happened and beats the shit out of everybody and wins the fucking match Mm -hmm. i got tired of that that's my bigger bit no uh uh, nit to pick than Big E being the one to take the pinfall. That's typical bullshit Brock Lesnar Man. crap. When you when you look in the ring and see that Bobby Lashley is literally and with MMA background just as intimidating as Brock, but you don't do the same thing for him, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to see a let's fucking just get rid of all the bullshit and have. Lashley and, and Lesnar just go. You'll see it in you two know. weeks. Okay. Um, Are you sure it's going to be a no bullshit match? The I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because the only thing that came out positive of that day one main event, Lashley speared Roman through the through the barricade in the fans. Lashley speared Brock in the ring from behind. Lashley put Brock in the hurt lock and Brock was passing out. It took Big E breaking that. So Lashley looked indomitable okay. to Roman, and hopefully they they continue that. But man, that promo when Roman burnt Barry Lashley, fuck, dude, <laughs> Brock, Brock, the human with a soul possession. <laughs> He's like, hey, Paul, knock knock, and Paul goes, the fuck. <laughs> I'll play along. I'm not used to this. 
Who's there? Who's there? Broncos. Lashley. Lashley who? Lashley who? Exactly. (laughs) You'll you'll never beat me because you're a wannabe of me. Oh, wow. (laughs) Burned him. Wow. Beyond recognition almost. (laughs) Savage. So I'm waiting for the clapback. Hopefully tomorrow the clapback from Lashley's good. But um, I like to see MVP and uh, Heyman do a little. They need to go at a little back and forth. Oh, yeah. I don't want to see that. Yeah. <sighs> I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. One more question. Oh, Chinga! Oh, just wanted to get under his skin a little bit. <laughs> Friday before WrestleMania, there's Impact, there's Ring of Honor's mm-hmm. comeback, and there's New Japan. If you had the time to only go to one of those three shows, what would it be? What is New Japan doing? Fuck. You said Impact, Ring of Honor, and New Japan? Mm-hmm. I'm mostly intrigued with Ring of Honor of what they're going to do. But okay. deep down inside, I want to go to New Japan. <laughs> well, maybe I'll see you there. Damn you. Now I have to go look and see <laughs> If I had to choose, I would pick Ring of Honor too, just because it might be my last chance to ever go to a Supercard of Honor. Yeah, a Supercard. It's actually a pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you want to share from your uh, excursions in pro wrestling? Yeah. You have um, coming up? Yes, yes. This, uh, oh, this Sunday. Oh, we were done. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> this Sunday is well DZW and UPW. Again, they're booked on the same night. Go figure. Uh, but yeah, check it out this Saturday coming up. Uh, the UPW show, which is where I'll be doing my thing. I'm not sure if I'm going to be commentary or ring announcing yet. Not too sure. Uh, but it's going to be down at Santa Fe in the Santa Fe Volunteer Fire Department. Uh, so come check that out. Um, if you are closer to uh, Katie Brookshire area, go check out DZW. Um, so yeah, that's this weekend, this uh, Sunday. No, excuse me, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Adios, my <laughs> friends. Keep it classy. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. See you in 2023. I know, right? <laughs> We're stopping after episode 400, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, WrestleMania review, sure, that's it. Why not? We're going to take yeah. a sabbatical, like, yeah. ring of honor. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one that noticed that the chat went away when they realized Omega and, and, <laughs> Dan- and Hangman, Omega and Danielson wasn't fucking...